welcome to the 314th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on December 12th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's got some crinkling in the background, Carlos Rodella. That's me, ASMR, baby. <laughs> Whoa, that was really loud. I want to turn that down and post. Sorry, I uh, have some peppermint crunch cookie bites from Theo, and I was eating them pre-podcast, and I'm going to still be eating them on the show. Excellent. I look forward to the sounds of munching and crunching as we record. Well, hold on. Mm. 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 They're very good. Have you had Theo chocolates? I have had Theo chocolates, um, and those are pretty good, although I uh, I really dislike uh, peppermint, so I kind of stay away from Oh, them. okay. Well, they're they good chocolate, though. Yeah, they do other things besides peppermint. Yeah, yeah. I've had the other, you know, they do a variety of, of interesting flavors, and they're all pretty good. But just in general, I'm not much of a peppermint guy, so. Peppermint, it's the holidays. I'm getting into the mood. It's Christmas. It's really close to Christmas. Speaking of which, we're about to go out and murder a tree as soon as we get out of this podcast. So my whole family's real excited. It's our yearly tradition. Did you did you do Christmas trees, uh, or do you celebrate Christmas growing up, Carlos? Yeah, we definitely celebrated it. Um, again, I think a lot of times it's just a good time for family or people to come together, friends even. Sure. Um, just to kind of, you know, chill out from all the chaos of the world. So that's what I always uh, take it as. But, um, yeah, we always did. And we generally had fake trees. We lived in apartments, tiny apartments, gotcha, like forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think one year we finally did do it like National Lampoons, like you're saying. Like go to the actual lot and get it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's messy as hell. It's a it's a total pain in the ass. Dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we uh, so today is treats today. I'll share this family tradition with you. So what we usually do is we have a tree farm that we go out to, uh, which is way out in the in the hills, and we drive out there, and it's just this giant patch of land with like a bajillion Christmas trees. That's the dude's business. He just grows Christmas trees, makes all his money in like December, and then just like farms the rest of the year. And I guess he makes enough money to do it because he's been there for like 15, 20 years, as far as I can tell. Um, so we drive up there, walk out into his muddy field with our boots, and we look for a good tree. We chop it down on the spot, although usually it's more of a, a saw than an axe, really. Uh, yeah. And then uh, drag it back to the car, tie it up on top of the car with some rope, drive back home. But on the way home, what makes it treats a day is we stop and get a pizza. And then we go. Oh, that's and cool. We have, yeah, so we do the tree. And then we have pizza, and it's treats a day, and we do that every year, and it's like our family, family tradition. Dude, I'm super jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I want treats is so bad. Um, did I ever tell you the story about uh, me putting the little uh, lighted Christmas tree out in the middle of the woods for my mom? No, I don't. Never heard this story. No. Really on the podcast? I didn't. No, do tell, dude. Uh, just real quick. One time we were in. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, and it's like super snowy there. Like we got like four fight four feet of snow in like yeah, one night. Yeah, yeah. And we're like almost basically snowed in, but I knew my mom liked the idea. She always told me there was like this um, dream she had where she would go out in the middle of the woods somewhere and there'd just be like one Christmas tree lit up Ooh. and like presents under it. Like that was like a dream. That's of hers. pretty cool. That's a pretty cool image, dude. I know. So I did it. Um, basically, I had her like she was making dinner and she's like, I got to do dinner. I'm like, no, we got to go. And I'm like, she's like, where are we going to go? It's snowing out four feet of snow. So we drove almost like got stuck. And got to this, like, yeah, like you said, like a farm where they just have a bunch of trees out there. And I had done this all beforehand. I don't know oh, how. Wow. 
Oh, wow. And so all of a sudden she gets out of the car and she sees in the distance one tree lit up. Oh, man. Yeah. That must have been fucking amazing. It dude. was cool, but it was also like three feet of snow. We had to like walk in to get there. Oh, jeez. And then wow. I had actually set up presents and like um, lights that were battery operated. And I actually put like a little music that was playing. Holy shit. Were they like waterproof presents? Did you put down a little tarp first or something? Or no, no that? tarp. It was just in the damn snow. And I guess they got wet. I don't know. <laughs> but Still, that's how old were you when you did this? Oh, man. I probably high like, what, school. 20s? Younger? Oh, high school. Wow. I would think, yeah. High school or maybe 20. Early 20s, yeah. Dude, that's amazing. I've never heard this story before. Oh, wow, really? Dude, that yeah. is like the, the coolest fucking story I've ever heard. You must. That is an awesome thing to do for your mom. That's amazing. I know. It's pretty cool. Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've topped that, though. <laughs> So well, I, I peaked when I was like in my in high school. I mean, that's gifts. a pretty epic thing you did. So it's it's probably okay if you kind of just like chill for a while afterwards. Yeah, chill for like twenty years. Twenty years afterwards. Um, Shritsa, <laughs> though, man, oh man, do I want Shritsa now? <laughs> well, all right, folks, it is that time of year. We're gonna be doing Shritsa. Carlos might be stalking the woods and looking for a tree to decorate. Who knows? But we're not gonna talk anymore about that now. What we got to talk about is games because I'm on a time limit because I got to do treats after this. So let's get to I it. I know. We got to treat you to some games. There we go. Oh, nice. Nice natural one there. Yeah. All right, folks. You know how it goes. Uh, no matter the year, no matter the season, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. It's housekeeping, and I feel like it's a big week for housekeeping. What you got on your side, Carlos? Well, yeah, the big thing is Game Awards. The Game Awards, also known as the Kayleys. Yes, the uh, Jeff Keeley's. Keeley's. Yes. Keeley? Keeley? Yeah, it's Keeley. I'm pretty sure it's Keeley. Okay, whatever. I don't... Let's call him Keeley, though. Who cares? Kay- it's it's the Jeffies. How about that? It's the Jeffies. And uh, that's kind of my whole housekeeping, just one big box. I just wanted to go through real quick rundown Yeah. Um, of the things that kind of caught my eye. And if you want to do that, we can just do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't watch them. Um, I'm going to let you lead on this. I did get a quickie list of who won, if we want to talk about that, like all the different categories. I watched almost all of the trailers, so hopefully I'll be able to chip in on some of these. But let's uh, let's go down your list and let's run it off. Yeah, let's be clear. I don't watch this for the awards. All Me right, either. so we don't even need to go through this if you don't want to. I will say that Stray won two awards, though. That's all I care about. That's nice. That's Which nice is super cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't like Stray, did you? I didn't like Stray. No. Crazy man. Um, anyway, so yeah, I watch it for the trailers and just kind of getting hyped about uh, games. And if like one game comes out like in the show, I love that stuff. And yeah. one kind of game did. Um, so Replaced, they showed that new trailer for Replaced, which we both, I think, are excited about. Yes. Yes. The pixel yes. art kind of cool looking game. Yes. So still excited Confirm. about that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another weird thing was that the show started with Al Pacino for some reason. Did it um, really? Yeah, it serious? doesn't make any sense. It became a meme because, you know, he's older now and he said he couldn't read the teleprompter and he's like, he doesn't play games. So we're like, what was he even doing there? What, I was don't he know. A game? He was for a meme. He became a meme because then what's his butt from God of War one? Um, I always forget his name. The, the voice actor for the God of War games. I don't know. I'm okay. Sure. He came up. And he did a speech that was way too long, like way okay. too long for the very sure. first award. Wow, and okay. the meme was that Al Pacino just wanted to sit down because <laughs> he's older. So anyways, that happened. All right. Um, okay. So Hellboy new trailer looks awesome. It looks like a, the graphic novel. Oh, yeah. The really like really strong blacks and yeah. just like the, just the comic book. And it's. Uh, it is a roguelike, though, so I was like, uh-oh, I don't know about that. I mean, it's fine for me, but I don't know about it for you, man. We'll see. Well, it just looks so good. It does I really amazing. do like that. Yeah, um, and then I really kind of, for me, one of the biggest excitements for the show is seeing Judas 
which is from some of the people who make well, who made Bioshock. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't like Bioshock either. I don't care for Bioshock, and I don't care for um. Yeah, I just I haven't really been on a board since. The last thing I really enjoyed was the Bioshock 2 DLC, which was... A different type of game, actually. Yeah, that was like... I was like, okay, this is pretty dope. I like this. But, like, I didn't like the next one. And I just... I, you know, I've got... I've got... I've got reservations about uh, about Bioshock and the guy. What's the guy's name that develops that? I can't. It's slipping my mind. I don't What's remember. his name? I don't remember. Oh, Ken Levine. Oh. Ken Levine. Ken Levine. Yeah. yeah, I've got reservations about Ken Levine. So. All right. Well, again, not personally, art- but like in, in professionally, you know. Yeah, I know. But artists from the art, you know, that whole thing. Separation. I loved Bioshock, and um, I didn't love Infant as much, but I do like a first-person exploratory game that's like dystopian, whatever. I mean, that's cool, but like, I gotta say, dude, like my big turnoff was like i'm like this looks just like bioshock I'm right like, you're gonna do something different like let's change it up a little bit buddy. weirdly enough for a lot of us and i'm sure some people listening that's just kind of fine oh, because man. i really haven't had a bioshock experience since infinite which is a long time ago yeah so anyways and it's that's like cool. interplanetary so um and then yeah speaking of the forespoken um we which we didn't talk about in the show yet until just now because we talked about a pre-show Forspoken demo uh, they released and the show like in the middle of the show and they said you can go get it now and then oh, I, man, and then I really? did okay yeah so that's what I'm talking about on the show today oh okay excellent because I didn't I didn't even realize that until afterwards and I had a really busy week anyway I had no time for a demo regardless so I'm very curious to hear your your thoughts on this but I do yes. love when they do that whole and it's out there now yep, I, yep. I love that that's it's great I love it and the opposite of that is the makers of Celeste. Uh, showed off a game that's kind of like almost oh dude that was flashy. it looks great and but get yeah. to the hook like you're about to say yeah 2024 you didn't need you didn't need to show that now don't show it now yeah i don't care that's way too that's way too soon yeah so never mind on that uh new star wars jedi whatever it's called uh the jedi one that was like Survivor? dark souls sounds right that, yeah the first one with with cal kestis that's the new the new guy who's just like kind of a random white guy that was almost a really good game i actually ended up not liking it but it came really close and i would be i would be fine with them trying again um but just fixing all the stuff that was really not great about the first game terrible level design terrible rewards when you open chests and stuff a lot of the stuff was just real sketchy you don't need to do the whole um everybody revives at a bonfire thing Ugh. like let's let's move on from some of this stuff let's yeah that's my biggest complaint last year was or not last year whenever it came out was i didn't like the souls like stuff in it and it yeah. didn't need it i just feels like it a did good, not need it a good action adventure game you know like i fully agree with you dude like let's not do dark souls just because you like dark souls if it doesn't make sense in your game don't do it and it didn't did not make sense in that game not at all anyways there's a new one let's see if they get get away from the souls thing or if they go right into it again uh, and of course, something that we, uh, you know, talk about a lot on this show, Death Stranding, uh, Death Stranding Two trailer showed off, but of course, no gameplay. Sure, because that's him, and it's just a ton of crazy scenes. And I think a spaceship was introduced at the ends, and she's like, "We have to go explore." Yeah. So I was wondering if it's like not on, uh, you know, you know, the postal service kind of walking around a planet anymore, and if it's something else. Or maybe she just carries you around from continent to continent. You got to do it on multiple continents. Oh, right. It's just like No Man's Sky, but Death Stranding. Yeah. No I mean, Man's so Stranding. Was, no Man's Stranding. <laughs> I was surprised by that. I was honestly surprised. And considering how long it took for Death Stranding to come out, I'm wondering if they're going to do just a quick spin-up sequel or if he's really trying to like 
do more. I mean, are we talking about five years from now? Or are we talking about in one year, in two years? Who knows, right? But right. I mean, dude, I love the gameplay of Death Stranding. I love the gameplay. It's one of the few games in recent years where I've actually replayed, and I really, I really kind of want to get back to it, honestly. Um, I don't care about the story. The story is going to be horseshit. I don't. I, I'm not fussed with it. But like, if you gave me a spaceship that I could go to different continents and set up multiple shipping lines and have robots delivering boxes all up and down the planet. I, <laughs> that sounds like the best thing in the world to me right now. You'd be in. All right. Well, I'd maybe it's in. that. We'll see. Almost, see. almost like to the Celeste trailer though. Like, yeah, like you said, when is it coming out though? So, yeah. Um, and then Baldur's Gate three finally is coming out, which is we've been talking about it for, I think five, four or five years or something. Cause it's been in early access. Uh, God, so they just I, showed that again. I'm totally disconnected from that game because it feels like we have been talking about it forever. And I just, is it already out? Did I already play it? Who knows what happened? Did I review it? Is it not out? Is it early access? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's been out in early access for a long time. And so I did play it a little bit and it feels like, uh, what's it called? Uh, cause some of the people, same people worked on it. Divinity, original sin. Oh yeah. And yeah. Baldur's gate kind of combined and I'm going to love it. I just, I, I was waiting for it to really come out so I could just play it. So I think I'll play that. Um, and then Aurora was shown off. Or no, I'm sorry. Aurora is the artist. She's awesome. Uh, that game company showed off their game Sky that they're doing a collaboration with. And I missed this because I saw a little bit and a delay. And right after the Game Awards, they did a live performance in the game Sky. And so the game Sky is like Journey, right? Because yeah, that this kind of already came out on mobile though, right? Like they're bringing it to console. Is that what the deal is? Sky is already on mobile. It's been on mobile for like a while. That's okay. the one where it looks journey-like, but you got little wings and stuff. I'm, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, maybe yeah. they just was, it was a console thing. It must be. And then they had a concert by Aurora in it. So and I missed. I that. don't know who that is. is, is She's are really they awesome. good. Yeah, okay. it's just a singer, singer, songwriter girl. She's okay. amazing. Anyway, so that was a thing. Um, they showed off Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. I'm kind of over that game, which is weird to me, but I am. Yeah, Diablo Four. I, I like Halsey, and so I, that was kind of a cool connection where she came out and sang uh, this really cool song with this cool cost, costume on and stuff. And then they showed Diablo Four stuff, but it was just cutscene. So yeah, just cinematic trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we get it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna still play it. Uh, Blue Protocol. Who cares? I don't think I care. It's a sci-fi MMO RPG. Oh, Don't Nod's making an RPG. That looked cool. Do you know the name of that one? I forget no, the name because I don't no. do any homework. Yeah. Besides I wrote down on my thing, Don't Nod RPG. It's funny, dude, because I was actually just talking about another Don't Nod game yesterday, which was Vampire. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. And uh, somebody, Constantine uh, Koteski, is writing uh, a kind of a look back on it for us at Game Critics. It's not going up yet, but it will soon. And I played it and reviewed it back in the day. And then, you know, it's been a couple years and he was talking about it. And I'm like, man, that game was kind of busted in some ways. But overall, it was like fucking great. Like, I really... Like, reading his review made me want to, like, play it again. And I kind of, I feel like when Don't Nod is on point, like, they're really on point. Like, I mm-hmm. hope that they bring the heat to this next thing they're doing. I would love to get into another another really good Don't Nod jam. You're right about Vampire, too. Like, I want to go back to that. And uh, it's called Banisher's Ghost of New Eden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a ghost it. hunting action RPG. I mean, um, that, could, that could be pretty fucking dope, dude. I know. So I'm going to be on board. Uh, only a few more things. Transformers games coming out. You should be excited about that, I think. Man, I was, you know, I want to be excited, but it's Splash Damage. Aren't they the people? What other games have they done, Splash Damage? Looking it up. It's some other shooter that I think I didn't care about. Um, and just like it's kind of like a, I believe 
it's like a first person online multiplayer shooter thing. I'm like, oh, dude, if you're it's not online. No thanks. You're not. Yeah, you're not talking any of my language there. I love Transformers like crazy, but I'm I'm not up for that kind of thing. And Wait, I don't. What? Sorry, Splash Damage. It says they did some Gears games and some Halo stuff. Did they? Well, Gears I don't care Tactics. about Halo. Okay, I haven't played Halo, Gears Tactics. Gears so maybe Five. They worked on. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I I I don't think I cared for their their. They do the multiplayer stuff for Halo. Is that what they did? It says, yeah, Halo uh, MCC. I don't know what that is. I don't is. know what that is either. Gears 5, Gears Tactics, Outcasters. I don't know what Outcasters And then is. Transformers Reactivate. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'll take a look at it, but like, I what I hear so far is not really getting me hyped. So. All right. And then Cyberpunk DLC trailer again. Uh, they said they're adding Idris Elba, which Idris is Idris cool. Elba. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to play the shit out of it as soon as it comes out. And the big reveal was the new Armored Core game. Um, yes. Which, you Fires know. Fires of Rubicon. From Soft, doing something different. I mean, doing something like they used to do, but it's yeah. different now. <laughs> the old is new again. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm very... Oh, man, I want to say that I'm really excited about it. And I am. I am really excited about it. So, I mean, for people that don't know, and I bet there's probably more than a few of you that don't know, FromSoft has been around for, like, a long time. They did not spring into existence with Dark Souls or or even Demon Souls. FromSoft was around for, like, a really long time before that. They made many, many, many games, um, and I played basically all of them that ever came to America. Um, they made a lot of one-offs, a lot of re- weird, interesting stuff, but they also did Armored Core, and Armored Core was their big hit before Souls was even a twinkle in Miyazaki's eye. Mm-hmm. And so it was about uh, future, sometimes on Earth, mostly on other planets. You play a mercenary and you start off with like a basic ass robot. But the thing is like uh, you can equip just, I mean, it's it's kind of like somewhat Dark Souls before Dark Souls because you had this robot and like all of it was like specking out the weight and the fuel and the burn limit and the targeting and what kind of radar you had. And like, just in the same way that you would spec out your character for like, you know, different builds based on different equipment you had same thing, but with robots, but like way more detailed, like you had yeah. all sorts of like internal stuff. You had external stuff. You had your boost jet. It was you had technical. Your thing. Very yeah, technical. really technical. Yeah. And I loved it. I when it came out, it was like a revelation, dude, the first armored core, one of my all-time favorite experiences, just thinking like, holy shit, this is amazing. I love tinkering with all these robots and controlling robots is fucking awesome. Uh, it was really, really cool. Um, but the problem was, and this is something that people kind of forget, FromSoft has a history of repeating themselves until they run their games into the ground and no one ever wants to do anything with them anymore. They came close with Souls. Um, they didn't quite, but they came close. Uh, they, they pulled back just in time. But with Armored Core, uh, they ran it into the fucking ground. It was like the same game like nine times over. Basically, no improvements, basically no changes to design. It was just the same thing over and over and over. Um, and that would have been OK if there were no problems in the game. But there were lots of problems. I mean, it had some really difficult controls, had some really shitty level design, had some really obscure progression, um, shit story, kind of like a very Dark Souls story where you don't know what's going on. Um, so I'm excited because I really, really would love to get back into a good armor core, tinker with the robots, design the stuff and just play. I mean, that I mean, and, and a lot of PvP in that, too, like naturally. And I had a pretty good time with it back in the day, but I want them to truly, really and truly update it. Do not give me the same armored core with better graphics. I want you guys to take the lessons you learned from Dark Souls, um, all the different things that you've come up with, not just the difficulty, but like um, some of the quality of life stuff that was in Elden Ring was great. And I want to see them continue quality of life. I want to see them doing smarter design. I want to see genuine iteration. Yeah. Because I, f- I feel like, dude, honestly, like, and not just to be like a from, you know, supporter cheerleader, but like if they get this right, 
I feel like this could be just as big as Dark Souls, dude. It could be like this awesome techno cyberpunk future where you're tricking out your robot, just like your, your Dark Souls dude, doing a big adventure. If it was open world, it'd be amazing. You do some PvP. I mean, it could be great. I just, I really need them to dig deep and be honest and really give it like their best shot. Yeah, to your point, this is six. Armor Core 6. Yeah, yeah. And there's way more than five before that, dude. There's tons oh, right, of five. Oh, right, because there's spinoffs yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they are. I mean, this feels, this feels like a new Elden Ring version of Armored Core. I, I mean, that's what I'm guessing it's going to be. I I'm, mean, that would be the dopest shit imaginable. Like, the world and structure of Elden Ring yeah, why not? plus Armored Core. Oh, holy shit, dude. That would be fucking blow the roof off of things. Let's it's say amazing. that's what's happening. We're manifesting Let's it. Let's hope. And uh, also, I want to mention, yeah, because you were just mentioning Hades. Hades 2, they yes. showed a trailer for. Well, that was a surprise, huh? Yeah. I mean, kind of, I guess. I don't. I'm not a super big fan, but um, well, it's you know, we just talked about it last episode, and it's really ironic that we did that episode. I, I talked about Hades randomly. I just was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just feel like I want to play Hades randomly. I played it, and then I sent a message to uh, Greg, and I still don't know how to pronounce his name, Kasavin or Kasavin. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. My, my apologies, Greg. Um, and I sent him an email, uh, and I'm like, hey, man, just heads up. I talked about your, you know, um, about Hades really randomly, just you know, in case you wanted to know that people out here still love it, or whatever. Sent it to him, and he's like, oh, you know, he sent me a really nice note back. And the very next day, he announces Hades 2. I'm like, oh, dude. So you I did just, it. I, it was me. Th- yeah. You can all thank me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my fault, and, or I guess uh Not fault. Yeah, yeah. Not fault, yeah. You can th- I take direct all the credit. Take all the credit. He basically, he, he got that email, and he goes, guys, let's, let's do it. And, and in then the span they, of one day. And they made a trailer, and yeah, like a day, and put it up. So you can thank me. Yeah. You're just, welcome. Just send your thanks here to So Video Games. So check it out. And also... um. A funny thing, oh, Elden Ring won Game of the Year, which is cool because you know yes. I think both of us spent enough time in really it. Liked it. Really, really liked it. Really liked it. But the the th- the the kind of interesting takeaway was there was no real Xbox presence. I mean, besides like games that are multi-platform, etc. You mean in terms of like the the uh, the people or like the just company? games, oh, just the games in general. Like the, I watched a ton of YouTube videos go up after and going like, mm. where where was Xbox? Because you know there's so many games that they basically said that's coming out in early 2023. Because mm-hmm. remember that one time, well, I forget where it was, E3, I guess. And they were like, all oh, these games are coming out next year. Oh, yeah. And that was I like the big that. thing, yeah. right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, they're not showing any of them. And so, what that makes me think is they're not fucking coming out at the beginning of next year. Or if they are, it seems like a wasted opportunity because there's like eight gazillion eyeballs on the game awards. Yeah. And like, a good example is um, what's that one? Red something, um, Redfall. Oh, the vampire shit. Yeah, thing. that's yeah. like they're betting a lot on that, and they don't show that. That's and it's coming out early, early next year. So, I mean, that's a fair point, dude. But but counterpoint, uh, you know, Xbox does its own show, right? I mean, I've actually worked on the show several times, and so I know that they they like their own announcements, they like their own things. So maybe they're just holding it back for their own show where they don't need to share the spotlight with Sony or Nintendo or PC or anything. I mean, it's I, very possible. I, I hate the, I hate the answer of not wanting to show the spotlight because that, that's just me. I think that's like childish. But the other thing is, is when is their show then? I forget. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. They do. They do like, they do uh, them randomly, right? They're not, yeah, specific. they do kind of two or three shows per year. Uh, I'm, I don't know what's going on. I haven't been contacted to do one. I kind of like, I'm not doing them anymore, but I did like a bunch in a row and I think they changed production companies, which is why I'm probably not doing them. But uh, yeah, they do two or three a year, and I guess I'm I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. They're probably going to save it up for a big bonanza. I next get time it, but one. going off of what they said again, it, this is like not just not just me talking. This is like because I go to you know YouTube and YouTube represents a ton of fucking people. Sure, and there's eight million videos going like 
what the fuck's happening with Xbox? Because it's the same thing that I say on this show a lot, not to go into too much of a tangent, which is exclusivity and first-party titles do matter at some point. Like, you can't just be like, yeah, we're also another box. Sure, sure. Right? And so, in Game Pass, they can rest on that for so long, but at some point, you can't just rest on where the box that has Game Pass because that's not what people buy systems for. I don't know. Anyways, it just seems weird because, again, the beginning next year is like one month from now. So if they do another show, maybe they do it in the beginning of next year, and that makes sense. But I mean, very it just possible, seems man. weird, man. Who knows? Who knows? I don't okay. know. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, Game Awards over. Let's get to other games. Did you have any yeah. other housekeeping? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. But before we leave the Game Awards, I just want to give really quickly a um, big shout to Marvel Snap for winning Best Mobile. I think that was really oh, that's well deserved. Right. Yep. Marvel Snap. I think their monetization is fucked and stupid, but I think the game is actually amazing. It's a great game. Still playing it. I wish they would get their monetization correct. I kind of want to just give them some bucks to support them, but uh, they just like their prices are really whack and there's nothing I want to buy. And I'm just, I'm very, I'm scratching my head as how they're getting this wrong so badly, but the game is fucking gold. I love the game. It's if really they're fun. getting it wrong, then don't give them money yet. Yeah, I mean, all I'm doing is buying the season pass. That's it. I mean, I, I would love to buy well, more shit, but you're already giving anyway. them money then, actually. But okay, anyways. Yeah, and also shout out just really quickly. Uh, best sim strategy went to Mario and Rabbids. Sparks oh yeah, of Hope. great game. Um, it was really. I mean, it's basically like a perfect game. Like it's it's super polished. It's really fun. Um, it came, and I think I just didn't hear a lot of people talking about it, and I didn't hear anybody carry the torch for it um i mean we covered it and i and honestly i didn't finish it. it's really long i'm still chipping away level here level there having a great time with it but you know i'm glad to see that they got some recognition it, it sucks to be like so good that you're boring and then you just don't get any any play and it's the mario rabbits thing isn't a novelty anymore since they already did it once so yeah i, I really don't want that game to get overlooked and forgotten because i think it's a really quality product so i don't think it is them. yeah got a got an award yeah, right on, right on. Um, okay, I got, I got some I got some housekeeping stuff. First off, just a little bit of a rant. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to sound too entitled or anything, but like, uh, you know, Game Critics has been around for 23, maybe 24 years, which is a really long time in the yeah. video game sphere. That's a really long time. I've been editor of Game Critics for 22 years. Uh, also a really long time. Uh, we've been in the review game for ages. We've got literally, not even joking, literally thousands of reviews up on Metacritic. So we've been a presence uh, for quite a while. Our podcast, this very podcast is Metacritic ranked. I don't know how many games podcasts are Metacritic ranked. We might be the only one. Crazy. I feel like we, these are all feathers in our cap, right? I'm not going to name names, but people recently have started setting up these new PR things where you don't talk to a PR person. You just go to this like fucking site and you like log in with your credentials and then you put in a little request from a drop down about what game you want to review and then some algorithm somewhere crunches some numbers or whatever and you know we're on with almost all of them which is fine i would much rather talk to a pr person i'd much rather build up a human connection and talk to people get to know people um but i got one yesterday from one of the newer uh auto pr things and we got turned down and i'm like how in the world are we getting turned down it was an auto response it wasn't even a human response right so I look at it and we got denied basically because my email that I use for PR purposes does not match the domain of Game Critics. So, for example, um, you know, it would say like, you know, Brad at GameCritics.com. Like, I don't use that email. It's a long story. We don't need to get into it. But I have a reason for not using that one. Uh, and I've just used Gmail like for a million years, for a million, oh, million yeah. years. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, sorry, you, you're not a real site. We're not going to preview. And I'm like, OK, assholes. 
Uh, if you like took one second to like go to our website or to go to Metacritic or to like do anything, ask anybody, you would see that we're a legit website and have been for literal decades. But it's not it, a person. It's a robot. I it's know. That's the thing that's algorithm. stupid, right? Is because the stupid algorithm was like, does not match. Therefore, deny. And I'm like, okay, fuck you and fuck your stupid fucking site. And it's just, I emailed them and I'm like, look, I need to talk to a human being because I'm sure we can sort this out in five seconds, but I can't talk to an algorithm. It's just, it's just really fucking annoying. It's just yeah. really annoying. And I just feel like after 20 fucking years, because my stupid email doesn't match the domain, that's the reason. Okay, whatever. Dude. Well, that's Anyways. just, again, that could be um, replaced with a ton of other things, especially now with AI even being, you know, used more and more. Uh, and algorithms being used for everything, right? Yeah, so it's, it's like, that's the bullshit part of it, so. Anyway, okay. Uh, we did get a message from a listener this week, and I'm very excited because I love getting email from folks. And the person who wrote into us was no other than Greg Killmaster, the Killmaster kill himself, master. leaving a trail of weeping widows and orphan children in his wake, Jeez. death and destruction wherever he goes. The dude is just a complete badass. Or... He's just a very nice gentleman. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Uh, but what a cool last name. I love his last name. The Killmaster. It is good. Fucking rad. Love it. Okay, anyway. He writes in and he says, uh, Hey, guys. No comments so far. So loving your show so much. I listen to almost every episode. Thanks again for bringing positivity to the world at a time when it is so unpopular. You're welcome, Greg. You are very welcome. Nice. He says, I need to make a suggestion or two. Uh, let's see. The backstory here is that I played my very first and only roguelike on account of you, Brad, talking about roguelikes and also a review from Skill Up, which you mention all the time, Carlos. Uh, it was called Risk of Rain 2. And to this day, after playing it almost two years ago, I still think about how much I admire and love that game. So this leads me to ask two questions. Number one, I would love to know your thoughts, Brad and Carlos, on this game. It's one of my most favorite experiences in gaming. And number two, I would love and must request that you do an episode on only roguelikes. Talking about Hades got me all fired up to seek out a new roguelike, and I would love to hear you talk about your top choices. Thanks again for all the value you have added to my life over these years. Man, that's, wow. that's a huge compliment. That's an amazing compliment. Thank you, Greg. And I still get so excited to see a new so pop up in my podcast queue. I love that. Where the so. So pops up. So. That's, that's very cute. Uh, okay, so great. Thank you very much for your comment, uh, Greg. I love getting uh, messages, and I especially love hearing from the Killmaster. Um, Carlos, uh, do you have any thoughts on Risk of Rain 2? So I almost, man, I started it and I think I should, I should go back to it because the reason I stopped playing it was I felt like my, this is such a weird reason. I felt like my finger was getting tired from shooting. Oh, dude, I had that problem just last episode. Really? But with, with what uh, game? With uh, Night Witch. We're going to talk about that in a second. Oh, right. But you can hold the button down for an auto, um, Right? I think you can. Yeah. I don't remember. But regardless, finger, finger, finger fatigue, fatigue was the issue. Fatigue, I think, was what took me out of that game. I liked the idea of it. I thought the uh, progression felt pretty good. Uh, I was looking at it on Steam. It's got overwhelmingly positive reviews. Um, I think it's great, and I could see it becoming addictive, but I'd have to figure out a way around the finger fatigue. I don't know what happened, but I was like, I'm getting tired. So <laughs> let me, I'll, I'll revisit it just because the kill master. Wants us to give uh, give it another look because I do remember enjoying it, but I do remember getting tired with my finger. I mean, you can't say no to the Killmaster because he's the fucking Killmaster. No, he might before, kill. You know. yeah. That's right, exactly. And he's He'll kill again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll go back and revisit and see what that was. And maybe by now they've already like made an auto fire feature or something. But yeah, I felt okay. like I had to hit the button a bunch. Like, and I was like, that's all I'm doing in this game is like killing people. You know. So I don't know. About, right. How about you? Did you try it? 
So I played this game um, right when it first came out of early access. It was in early access for a while, and I got a code. I want to say it was on PS5, maybe. Uh, or maybe it's PS4. PS4. Was it that long yeah, ago? Maybe it could be PS4. Yeah. yeah. And um, it, at that time, it was still not finished. Like they brought it out of early access, but it was pretty clear it wasn't done. Um, there wasn't even a last boss in the game at that point. Um, like most of the characters were not in the game at that point. And I remember playing it, getting the code, thinking it was done because they said it was out of early access. And then I sat down and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is okay. Maybe it's not technically early access, but this is not finished. So, um, you know, historically, as I, I say often on the show, I don't like to play games that aren't finished. So I put in, you know, a couple hours and I'm like, okay, this is pretty dope. I had a good time, but I was going to come back to it when it was done. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, we go through so many games on the show. I, it just completely fell off my radar and that was several years ago. So I'm actually grateful to Greg for bringing this back uh, to our attention because, you know, back in the day, I always meant to come back to it. And I'm sure by now it's probably finished. It's been a year or two, at least, if not longer. And uh, I had such a great time when it was unfinished. I can only imagine I would like it even more when it is finished. So how about uh, you and I just uh, dip back into it, Carlos? And why don't we maybe revisit that for a future episode here? We will do that. And I also, I think I played it originally on Steam, but I see it's on PS4. So I will. Okay, yeah. Or Xbox. Let's see. Isn't it Xbox as well? Probably. I'm Probably. I would guess so. I'm just going to type in real quick Xbox. Yeah, All so right. we'll try it on the console. And then, uh, yeah, it is on Xbox as well. So, All right. Excellent. So there's that. And then also his request for us to do an episode on just roguelikes. I mean, we could probably make that happen. I bet we could probably do that. Yeah. We, I talk about him enough. And you have actually become kind of a convert. So I bet we could probably get you to bring in a couple to the table as well. Yeah, that can happen any episode because there's yeah. just so many out there. And after Cult of the Lamb, you know, I'm excited for... Um, this kind of progression of that for that uh, format, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, Greg, I think uh, I think you've kind of struck pay dirt here. I think we're going to be playing Risk of Rain two pretty soon, and I think we'll probably do at least a segment, if not a whole episode, on roguelikes. We'll maybe bring our favorites and give you some recommendations to check it out. So, yes, this is proof that uh, you know your comments matter. That Greg took the time to write this email, and uh, we're immediately changing course and adding this content to the show. So, if you listen Look to the show. That. And you would like us to do something for you, answer a question, do a segment, do some kind of coverage. Just let us know. That's all you got to do. Let us know. It's literally me and Carlos. I guarantee we're going to read your email. And uh, we got nothing better to do. So why would we not hook you up? And what's that email again? That's a really good question. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. Oh, my it is goodness. so Podcast at gmail.com. I don't think it's changed. Yeah. Okay. It hasn't changed, but I can't remember. I was I have it at the end of the script, so I don't have to oh, remember it. But... He's like, you're telling me to do it early. What's going on? Well, that's oh, a perfect man. time. Frank and the flow. So Video Games Podcast at gmail.com that's the best place hit us up or on twitter or whatever we'll get to that stuff at the end of the show uh but yes yeah. so once again thanks to the Killmaster for his comments we will be addressing these uh issues on a future episode and one more thing before we move on to the main content here just a really quick note uh, my wife was on twitter the other day this is this is not a game related thing but i thought it was interesting and i want to bring it up early so that people who are listening will also hear this i don't want to save it to the end um she was talking about rest and rejuvenation in terms of like the work week the 40-hour work week the monday through friday grind that a lot of people do and you know she was saying that uh this this person who tweeted this was saying rest and rejuvenation are not the same thing so if you're working 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 and you want to take a rest that means you stop working think about it like your phone and this was this was her example my wife is a very smart lady i love her very much um so like your phone you plug it up and it's it's charged. It's 100%. You take it with you during your day. You do whatever. You're checking Twitter. You're going online. You're emailing. And then the, the battery drains down, right? So when you stop using it, 
you give it a rest, but it doesn't recharge, right? It's still at that low level of battery. Mm. In order to recharge it, you got to do something else, which is plug it in. But for us, that would be doing something that you enjoy, something that revitalizes you, right? So it's not enough to just take a break. It's not enough to just stop working. The stop working is not a break in and of itself. It's just like a kind of a rest period. But you need to also get your energy back, get your spirit back. And to do that, I think, you know, most people got to do something they enjoy, whether it's play video games, hang out with a loved one or a friend, eat some good pizza, like whatever, like whatever it is that recharges you, you got to do both of those things. And I thought um, that was really great advice. And as my wife uh, so smartly recognized, you know, it seems so obvious when you say it like that, but we don't often think of it like that. You know, we think like, oh, Monday through Friday, we work. And then the weekend you're doing laundry, you're doing food prep, you're doing grocery shopping, you're doing whatever. And you don't really have all that chance to like get back into the swing of things by doing something fun. So is it any wonder that we're all so tired and kind of worn out and stuff? I think yeah. this is a great thing to think about. My wife's going to try to implement it where she works because she's the boss where she works. And I think that's amazing. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there in the universe to everybody listening to think about those things, about resting, but also revitalizing and how those two things are different. Very good advice uh, from both of you. And I wholeheartedly agree. And also, I think, especially in this country, we get so tied to this Monday, Friday, and then the weekend yeah. activities. And we're yeah. like, no, that's what we do on the weekend. Or that's what we do on a Tuesday night. Or we don't do that on a Wednesday. No, no, no. Any day can be any day, anything. Um, I think that's the first thing. It's kind of like a, Carlos is making the call. Let's change up the week. But yeah. Um, secondly, yeah, like it could be a middle of the weeknight. And you're like, let's do something that, you know, makes us good and relaxed and having fun and, and it's okay to go out on a weeknight too, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah, Just do something no, dude, different. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree, man, because it's funny because we're adults and we so often as people as human beings just kind of do whatever because that's the way it is. That's what other people do. That's what we're taught. But we can do any we can do anything we want. We can go out for pizza at midnight on a Wednesday. We can sleep in on any day that we want to like you know like we can make choices and we don't have to make the same choices that other people make just because that's what other people do or just because that's what people tell us to do like you can change your life around you can you know i'm not rich you're not rich i mean you don't have to be rich to do certain things i mean you can do things that are outside of the norm outside of nine to five or something and just do whatever the fuck you want like who cares like live your goddamn life because no one's gonna live it for you and if you're not having a good time then you're gonna die sad i guess let's not do that like let's let's enjoy life a little bit all right let's enjoy life let's do that Agreed. Agreed. Done. All right. We good? I think we're good. I'm trying to leave this another life? tangent. Yeah, you should start now, probably. Hold on. Let me, eat, let me eat these chocolates. Do it. On the podcast, because I feel like it. There it's it making is. me feel good. There you go. There you go. Okay. Defy the norms. I'm Do defying Carlos. the norms in eating chocolate on the mic and a podcast. That's, Excellent. Let's right. talk about good video games. Let's talk about video games. Carlos, we're going to start off the show with you, as we normally do. Although, uh, you were kind of like... You're not circling back, but we are circling back to a game we talked about last week, The Night Witch, uh, which is a 2D kind of Metroidvania, kind of a shoot 'em up kind of a story game a little bit. And it's a really cool mix of things. I brought it to the show last week. Everybody can listen to that episode if you'd like. I liked it a lot, but my main problem with this game was, like, as we mentioned a second ago, finger fatigue. My finger got really tired because of the way the controls are set up on Xbox, and there's no options to change it around or remap the buttons, which was a huge bummer because I really want to play this game, but honestly, I just can't put up with my finger getting that tired. Mm -hmm. So um, I reached out to the developer. They said it wasn't selling well. They weren't sure they were going to be able to do any patches for financial reasons, which was also a mega bummer. Um, so we reached out to PR. 
I got a second code for you because you were intrigued by what I said on the show. You were going to give it a fair shake. And also you were going to see if maybe playing on a different platform would be a better way to go. So, Carlos, I am very excited and anticipating your, your I guess, your look at The Night Witch. Yeah, I played it on Steam uh, with a controller. And so as soon as I started it up, I, I messaged you and I was like, what are you talking about? You can totally rebind the, the buttons. <laughs> Uh, and you're like, oh, that's cool. And I thought that was cool, but I was wrong because it's actually a game design thing. So what, what this game is, you play as a, a woman uh, that flies around the screen. She's always flying mm-hmm. and she shoots and she's got different powers. And we'll go into them in a minute, what I thought of that. But basically, you can aim with a right analog stick. Yes. And you can shoot, like you said last episode, with a trigger button, which it gets kind of weird at, at time times. It's like yeah, the, kind the of bumper, weird to feel. The bumper. On Xbox, it's the bumper. Yeah, and on the PlayStation, it was, or on the um, PC, it's, you know, whatever the triggers are. Okay, gotcha. So similar kind of thing. I was like, this just feels kind of weird for a long time, but you do have to aim. But there's also an option to just auto shoot. So you yep. can just hold down the button, and it'll basically hit at any target. But it also won't hit specifically at things you want to hit at, right? right Which is right. kind of annoying because in the tutorial, they say hit at specific things. Yes. Right? So I had to use the right analog. So in the beginning, I switched it all to the A button, and it felt amazing because I just had the uh, A button held down, and it was auto-firing. And I was like, this is fine. Brad's crazy. Like, it's fine. <laughs> and then I got further, and I was like, oh, I have to use the aiming. And you cannot aim and use the A button. Yeah. That doesn't work. That's like, yeah. I'd use my left hand on the on the right analog stick. doesn't work. Yeah. So I was like, well, I have to go back to his, you know, setup, which was the only main setup they have. Yeah. Um, that being said, the whole throughout the whole game, there's a couple of things that annoyed me more than that. That actually was not that bad. Like Really? For, yeah. Okay. For me, I didn't get the super fatigue. Um, also, because you're not shooting all the time, and this game has a lot of, like, I want to say puzzle, light puzzles. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah. Um, a lot of story content and reading. A lot of talking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I wasn't getting too fatigued. And I played like a few hours. And I was really more about like finding the new area. Mm-hmm. And there's like, yeah, like there's these environmental puzzles where like things will pull you towards traps. And you've got to like basically just you're flying. So you're like maneuvering away from things. It's not about shooting. Right, right. So and there's also like um, real, I think really smart how they do the shooting with like environment stuff where you can blow up barrels those barrels will hit the enemies. Yeah. Or there's just a lot of stuff going on in each little stage. So, and you are backtracking, like you said, in a Metroidvania way. <clears throat> the art's beautiful as fuck. I mean, holy it's really shit. really great. Yeah. Really great. It. All the cutscenes are great. The animation stuff is great. Um, I like the story that, you know, you're this woman who didn't get picked for like the main night witches is what they're called. Right? Is that? Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. A group of four four big night witches, and you were like their, I don't know, their understudy or something? Yeah, and you didn't get picked, but in the very beginning of the game, you get to play as them, you know, or the leader or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're just kind of like in this little town, and I, I like that you have a husband, and he's just like super nice and kind of a different race, an alien or something. Yes. yes. Um, so anyways, it all just felt good. Like, I felt kind of like warm and kind of homey. Yeah. I like the story. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't get too tired with the shooting. And then they have a card mechanic, which is basically like you pick up these power-up cards and you can pick which ones you want. And then when you're out in the field, you can use those cards with like, you know, math buttons or whatever. The problem I have with that is they go away and it's a little frustrating because there's this one that's auto fire, which is exactly what I wanted (laughs) for like just holding the button down. Yes, yes. 
and it goes away because they're all like you know using magic or whatever. So I I found that a little annoying because I just kept having to figure out which button it was mapped to the new cards. Yeah, yeah. This is very in the weeds, people. Unless you're playing the game, you don't know what I'm talking about, probably. But basically, the cards are mapped to different you know power up buttons, but they cycle. Because you're like getting them like drops. Yeah. It's like you choose the cards because it's kind of like your power up. But then also you use one, it goes away and it gets replaced with another one. So like you're always having to look at like, oh, wait, the X button was shield a minute ago, but now it's like the heat yes, sinking thing. Exactly. Oh, and then now it's like the explodey thing. It's like it keeps changing. And honestly, I don't know that that has very much value. I wasn't I, I'm with you. I didn't think that was like the greatest thing either. It kind of bothered me. Like it, it was yeah. it, it was making me mess up some of the levels because Same. i was like yeah, yeah. fucking up uh, like the button i was hitting hitting the wrong power up at the wrong time yeah, yeah yeah but i did like picking up all the stuff and there's like the upgrade tree and stuff i don't know i really still like it a lot i think the believe it or not it's not the shooting for me that button thing wasn't as much of a problem to me it was more about the cards but that being said you don't use the cards all the time they're right. kind of like just an extra thing right yeah um, so i'm gonna keep playing it i i definitely <clears throat> think I could handle the shooting button thing better than you, but I also think that they should have done it somehow differently because what, well, like we said, the right analog could just be the shooting button. Yeah. So you just aim and shoot at the same time. Um, that, that would probably work, work really well. I mean, I think, I think I totally th- agree with you, dude. I mean, I think optimally you would use the right stick to do your precision aiming. And then if you wanted to hit a, to do your, your, your passive auto fire, you could hit a, I don't see why you couldn't do that uh, or at least do something different than what they did. So it seems like you got slightly more options on PC than you do on Xbox. You have no options at all on Xbox, which is a bummer. Right. Uh, But it sounds like you're, you're liking it. And I, I agree with you, dude. I think this is a quality game. I think it's really good. I bet. I think there's a lot to like here. And I bet a lot of people would like this game, um, so hopefully us covering it two shows in a row will give some people cause to go check it out. And I, I really hope the developers at least at least put in some options for console. I think it would help, um, honestly. And I just it would it would be a shame to see a game that has this much this much love in it just kind of go by the wayside. And I don't know. That kind of makes me sad, man. Well, let's not be too sad because on Steam, mostly positive reviews. Okay. Um, we don't Good. know their sales, right? We're just, just right. speculating. I mean, the dude said it was miserable, so I got to take right. this word. And it could also have been miserable whenever you talk to him, and now it's good or something. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Positive spin, Metacritic eighty one or something. So that's like, a great. That's a great ranking. Yeah. So they're they're doing fine. And uh, there's a demo again. Like I said last episode, there's a demo. You can check it out. But yeah, I think it's wholeheartedly a really good game. Yeah. And I'm gonna go back in uh, and mess around with it. I agree. I mean, I think we're on the same page. A couple of technical issues here, but I think overall, this is a game that people should be paying attention to. You should check it out. If you're listening to the show, pretty high chance you're probably going to like this game. So buy a couple copies of this game, give one to a friend, and maybe the developer will have enough money to put in the uh, option so I can play it with my weak, achy finger, and then we can uh, we can all win. We can all win here. We might have to call this episode, um, what is it, Finger Fatigue. Finger Fatigue. Yep, That's a good I, one. I just wrote that down. That's a pretty good one. So The Night Witch, go check it out. It's check on it every out. platform, I believe. Check it out. Okay, let me talk about a couple quickies here. First, I want to talk about Sword Ship playing this on xbox it comes to us from thunderful uh the publisher that used to be image and form love those guys i uh, love them very much uh they put out a lot of really good high quality games and i love that they are developing a repertoire where you know it's like it's like back in the old days i don't know if you ever noticed this or not but like back like in the nes days i'm gonna go way back in the, the time machine here like if you saw a game with a konami label on it way back way back in the nes days i'm talking about mm-hmm. you're like i don't even need to even 
read a review. I, it's got Konami on it. I know it's going to be a fucking good game. And that was like true. Same thing for like, uh, you know, Capcom or something back in the day. Like you just you just saw the publisher and you're like, oh, yeah, they make dope games, dude. Like yeah. any game they make is good. That's not really true anymore. But back in those days, I felt like it was pretty true. Did you ever that experience, Carlos? Yeah, I'm trying to think which ones that I looked at like that. I was like, uh, well, for me, also, I was playing PC Engine Turbo Graphics. Yeah. So uh, Hudson Soft. You know, they made, I mean, well, they made a million games, but. Oh, yeah. And uh, in anything Bomberman and stuff like that uh, sure. was, was from them and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, there was a few that were like that. Yeah. So Thunderful for me is kind of like that, where it's like, I may not, you know, it may not be my favorite game, but I know without a doubt that whenever I see Thunderful's name on something, that's going to be at least a really high quality game that I will enjoy. You know, it may not be top 10 or something, but it's you can buy it like without fear is kind of basically what I'm saying. Right. Mm. Um, and there's not many developers or publishers these days where I, I feel that way about them. So I love Thunderful. Anyway, they put out this game, Sword Ship. Um, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. It's a arcadey roguelike where you play a little yellow. I mean, you're not a spaceship. You're like, a, I don't know, like a boat, but you're not really a boat. You're kind of like a spaceship, but spaceship it goes in the water. Watership. I don't know what you are. You're like a little yellow thing. And it's kind of a top-down arcade view. And you're going from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen, which feels weird. It feels like I want to be going the other way, going from the bottom to the top. But no, you're going top to bottom. That's okay. And you're in some kind of futuristic, weird thing, dystopia. And you are trying to steal shipments from somebody. And you need to get them to somebody else. I don't know who it is. Nice. The story is not Perfect. the strong point, right? Yeah. Um, but basically, these little boxes pop up out of the water. You're going over a river. And uh, when they pop up, you got to you got to drive your ship on top of them. your ship like transforms, which is pretty badass. And it like opens up the the nose part of the ship and it it attaches itself to the box. And then all of a sudden you're like a ship wrapped around a box, which is pretty cool. And then you got to like dodge these guardian robots that pop up out of the water that come down from the sky that show up from off, off screen. And the hook to sword ship is that you don't have any weapons at all. You are just a courier that goes really fast. And so everybody that shows up has lasers and bombs and explodey things and grenades. And you have to like dodge, like you have to dodge, but not only do you have to dodge, you have to trick these fuckers into like hitting themselves. So like mm. two laser turrets pop up out of the water and you're, you're skimming along the surface of the water. You can't shoot them cause you have no weapons uh, cause you're stripped down and got to move fast. But what you can do is you can position yourself between the two laser turrets. You get, you see the little, the cue that tells you they're about to fire, like a little red light goes off and then you get out of the way. And then the two laser turrets like shoot each other and they blow up, right? Or sometimes like a giant ship will come and he's just like taking up space and he's making it hard for you to move. And then like a, a grenade dropper shows up. And so you get real close to the big ship. The grenade dropper drops the grenades where you're going to be. Then you get out of the way and then the grenades blow up the big ship that was blocking you. You know, like you you are strategically making the enemies on the screen work against each other to blow themselves up because you don't have any offense. All you are is really fast. You're really nimble. And you can also um, dive underwater for like a couple seconds. Like if you need to get under a laser beam or if there's an explosion happening and you got nowhere to go, you can dive under the water for like two seconds or something as a quick like dodge. Yeah, I was going to ask if you could like go up or down, like any uh, verticality or whatever, but it sounds like it's just down then, right? Yeah, it's just you can go, you know, you can go in the four card, you know, the directions of like north, south, east, west and all that stuff because it's a 2D plane. Yeah. But you can go underneath. That's your one thing is to go underneath. So that's pretty cool as it is. I like the graphics. It's very stylized, very basic, but in a clean, cool way. Um, I think it controls really well. It's really fast-paced. So if you want something to get your adrenaline up, it goes. And it's also roguelike. And how the roguelike comes in is whenever you clear a certain score marker, you will unlock a new thing. You'll unlock a different kind of ship, 
So for example, you start off with a basic ship. Uh, it has no abilities, but you get like a little score bonus. Uh, the next ship has like uh, a taser. So when you, you accumulate a certain number of uh, bonus pickups or something, you can do like a taser shot to freeze people. There's one ship that has like a little parachute apparatus where you can uh, send your box, uh, like get rid of it immediately so you can save it for the for the points or whatever. So it's got different uh, things like that. There's also other things you can change. There's also different power-ups. Uh, between levels, depending on how many shipments you intercept, uh, you can either cash those in for extra lives, you can give them away for more points, and some of them will give you like little upgrade powers. It'll be like uh, dive underwater for two seconds extra or... Uh, you uh, catch your box faster or, you know, like the, all these little different power-ups. So I think overall, great formula, great graphics, great control. I think it's really fast-paced. You can get in and do a bunch of runs really quickly. But... Um, have a pretty satisfying... There is a but. There is a but. I knew there's a but. There is a but. So all those things are good, and I, overall, I really like it. My, I will say, here's the but. The but is I don't like how they do progression score. So... When you when you play this game, the very first unlock is like, oh, score 1,000 points and get a new ship. Okay, cool. Like, you pick up one box, get 1,000 points. It's real easy. And then it's like, okay, now you need to get 2,000 points. Pick up two boxes. No problem. But after a while, the score gets up high. Like, you know, you need to get like 11,000, which means you need to play and survive long enough so that your total score is past 11,000. This is not cumulative. And what I mean by that is if you do a run for, you know, 3,000 and then die, and then 3,000 and then die, and then 3,000 and then die, and then you do 2,000 and die. That together is 11,000, but they don't count any of that. It Got has it. to be one run with 11,000. And I have to say, it started to feel a little defeating after a while because when I would go on a bad run, I'd get like 10,000 and then I die and you get nothing for it. Yeah. So it's like, I wish it was cumulative. Um, would that make the game easier? Yes. Would it make your unlocks come faster? Yes. Would that mean you probably have a total shorter playtime probably so but you know what i would like it a lot more i would have more fun with it i mean and I, I do like it i don't mean to say it's a bad game it's not but that one aspect um really kind of cooled me off a little bit instead of just going and going and going and keep unlocking things and keep going i was like oh okay well i just tried like six times in a row to hit eleven thousand. i couldn't eleven thousand, and now i didn't get anything and now i wasted time and now i feel bummed yeah because i didn't didn't get any progress right? you know what's funny is that first off the graphics do look awesome and yeah they're um, great and very stylized, but I love this kind of game where you're just dodging because you don't like worry about a million buttons, right. and it's all about just like timing. And I like, exactly I love dodging, of course. Um, so <clears throat> I like a lot of that. I get what you're saying about the frustration points, and for me, it totally reminds me of Super Hexagon. Yes, Super um, Hexagon, which is all about dodging, um, and I love that game, especially for the music. But that game was yeah not cumulative at all. It would just keep going. And if you die, try again. Oh, and I think yeah. you go to other worlds. You might be able to start from a new. You're world. probably better at it than I am, so I didn't really get that far. I but played I know. a yeah. fuck ton of that game. But anyways, it's it's similar in the fact that like, yeah, you you didn't get to I don't think like start in the middle or something, um, and so that is frustrating. That that yeah. point thing. Yeah, I, if the developers are listening, I would. I, I know that this is maybe not to their vision, and I get it. But like honestly. It would get me to play that game a lot more, and I would feel less terrible about losing if I got 3,000 points and banked them. And the yeah. next time I started at 3,000 points, you know, and then just keep working that way. And that's, that, that, to me, just, like, keeps you going. Um, the way it is right now is a little bit too defeating, and I'm not really in a get-good frame of mind these days. And so to not even get a little bit of forward progress feels, like, bad. Yeah. Um, but in general, I think this is a great game. Mm. I mean, I think this is another solid win for Thunderful. And if you feel like you're up to the challenge, I mean, go for it. I mean, there's lots to like about it. So in general, right. thumbs up. And if the developers change that thing, I would absolutely come back to it in a heartbeat. 
Check it out. Check it out. That is Sword Ship playing it on Xbox. I believe it's on everything. Let me give one more quick uh oh, wait, wait, quick before, rundown. B- yeah. right before we leave Thunderfall, I just looked it yeah. up on Steam. <clears throat> so they did um a lot of things. By the shit, they published Wavetail, which we talked about on the show. Yes, Wavetail, which actually just came out. Yep. And then also uh Lonely Mountain Downhills. Which is great. I love Lonely it. Lonely Mountains Downhill, I mean. And yes. then the one that's coming out soon is uh, Planet of Lana. This yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That looks great. I love the look yeah. of that one. Yeah. They're great. I mean, they're a great publisher. They're one to watch. And I know the president of that company. He's a great guy. Uh, Brian is a wonderful guy. Uh, and I think that uh, it's a really solid company. They're, they, From what I can tell, they treat their employees really well. They've got a great work ethic that not doesn't grind their people into the ground. They, they have an eye for quality products. I mean, they're a company to watch, man. They're good people. Check them out. Check them out. All right. Excellent. Um, let me talk for a minute about Lunistis. L-U-N-I-S-T-I-C-E. Um, this is one that I was not particularly interested in personally, but I knew it would be my wife's jam because she loves platformers. I don't like platformers too, but she likes them way more than I do. She is like the platform queen. So I got this code for her and I sat down with her and I watched it over her shoulder. We went through the whole, she, the entire game. She finished the entire game for me, which was great because I didn't have to play it. So thanks, hon. Um, so this is a interesting little kind of a platformer. It reminds me of nothing so much as a Saturn game. Did you ever play a Saturn game, Carlos? Yes. And on the homepage, it says it's a PS1 Sega Saturn inspired game. Oh, shit. Okay. It does. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I didn't know that. I was okay, looking great. at the, the pictures of it and it looks like 3D platformer that I ever would have played on my Saturn for sure it look yeah dude it has like saturn vibes like fuck and i had a saturn um and it just the, the way that the pixels hang together the way the polygons are the way it moves it looks just like a saturn game this could have easily ran on the saturn yeah um so that was definitely giving me some like some of that vibe um so this is a, a kind of a platformer 3d platformer you have a little character it's like a cat maybe a fox so i can't tell exactly what kind of was a little furry animal uh and you're running forward and there's a lot of platform. You have a jump, you have a double jump, and you have like an attack. So you got to like chain those things together to jump forward. It's really kind of an old school throwback where you're, you're kind of, it reminded me a lot of like an on rails kind of platformer where you're kind of running forward and jumping and trying to make these long jumps. And sometimes you hit a thing and it opens up a new path and you get on that path and you go. Um, you have, you collect a lot of doodads. Um, and I think it's kind of a score chase where you don't want to die and you want to get a lot of doodads. So you have zero deaths and maximum doodads. You get the best score. I don't know that it does anything. I think it's kind of just for the fun of it, kind of mm. like old school back in the day, um, which is fine. There's also some, some rail grinding, jump on a rail and do some of that stuff. And it's really interesting looking. Um, reminds me a little bit of a Sonic the Hedgehog. Reminds me a little bit of like Nights into Dreams a little bit. A little bit of Crash Bandicoot maybe. And it's just got this really strong Saturn flair. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, not my jam exactly, but it had a pretty good vibe. My wife was enjoying it, although it is difficult uh, my wife got the skills uh, with the Z, so she was able to finish it, which is great. Um, but it's definitely got that kind of old school difficulty to it. Um, so if you have a low frustration tolerance, maybe, maybe I don't know, watch a video or two before you go for it. But it's interesting. I think it's a, a cool project. I, we don't get a lot of just straight up kind of platformers these days. And in some sections, it's not totally linear. Um, it's I don't, I don't want to say it's open world, but kind of like hub and spoke a little bit where you'll be in a section and you'll see some section far off in the distance. You got to kind of figure out how to get there what path will take you there and maybe you got to open up a path or something, but you're kind of like staying on these narrow paths that kind of have little junctions at points. So it's interesting kind of old school design in that way. And I think it's, it's very faithful to what it's trying to do. Um, I'm glad you said that about the Saturn thing is man. I just, I was like, I could not get over it. I'm like, man, it looks like you're playing a Saturn game oh, the entire yeah. time. So yeah, it's pretty cool. She liked it. And uh, I think it's, it's really well done. 
neat atomistic throwback. So if you want some Saturn stuff or you want some old school platforming, uh, it was basically a win for my wife. She liked it a lot. So that is Lunistis, L-U-N-I-S-T-I-C-E. Oh, and you play, as they say, a Tanuki, which is funny because we brought oh, man. up the Tanuki and what's the difference between that and other animals? Yeah, we talked about Tanuki Sunset. In that game, you actually play a raccoon. So yeah. what the hell? This one's ha- <laughs> Hana the Tanuki. So There you go. All right, I never would have guessed that, but uh, I'm going to go with that. I will trust you at your word, sir. Uh, all right, let's over to you, Carlos, for the Forspoken demo. I didn't realize this demo was out. I didn't have time for it anyway, but I will. Is it still up? Do you know? Is it still available? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I might go check it out after we get off the podcast here. But tell us about the Forspoken demo, sir. PS5 only and PC, I think. So no Xbox. Okay. Just, just putting it out there. Just putting it out there because you like to rub salt in the wound. I get you. Oh, and I didn't even mention that Final Fantasy 16 was also shown off for the Game Awards. Uh, another Sony exclusive. Cool, um, cool. That Don't I care. can't wait for. I know. I can't believe you. No can't one cares. Play. No one plays that. A million people care. No a million people. It's well, just you. More than a million, actually. Everybody in those lobbies is bots. It's bots plus you, Carlos. Literally a fuck ton care. Um, <laughs> anyways, by the way, oh, yeah. Just any more Final Fantasy action RPG, I'm like craving all the time. So, this, by the way, some of the same people worked on Forspoken worked on Final Fantasy, actually. Okay. Um, that's what I heard. There's some sort of crossover there. And it, it can feel it, kind of, because this is definitely like an action RPG. Uh, at its heart, and that's its main thing, but a lot, a lot more spells. Um, so you play as Frey, uh, a woman from you know our time, sucked into another world to you know gain magic and fight uh, monsters and just you know level up, etc. So it's really they they are playing with that kind of like I'm just from you know the regular world, and now right. I'm here. What the fuck? And they a lot of reviewers because uh, there's already like reviews up for the preview. Reviews of the preview. The okay. reviews of the demo. And a lot of them said that she swears too much because she does say fuck a lot. Uh, um, man, what a bummer, dude. Which like, I dude. don't know if that's like, you know, again, they're trying to make her like, what the fuck's going on here? But you could say that without having to swear all the time. Yeah. But Well, that reminds me of Evil West that we talked about last week, I think, where like, oh, the swearing yeah. was like out of control. It sounded ridiculous. Folks, you don't need a lot. I mean, a little bit. It's like salt, right? You, you, a little dash here and there can make something pretty tasty. You put a ton of salt on something, it's inedible. Like, okay, don't, wait. Don't do too much. That's true sometimes, but on my asterisks, the next review I'm going to do later t- today is not, that doesn't um, work. because I mean, if it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. With right? Justin like, Roiland, like, more swearing is good. Like, it just, it is funnier. Like, there's nothing that happens where, it doesn't detract, is all I'm saying. Sure. But in a game like, like there's, this. There's an art to it. There's an art to it. And it's a comedy game, you know, right. which we'll get to, high in life. But anyway, so Forspoken... Um, I didn't notice her swearing too much. She did swear a few times. but And then the other thing is you have these cuffs, these cufflings, and they're like sentient, so they talk to you. Um, you don't <laughs> you know about this? Dude? Have you not followed this game? No, I don't, I don't follow anything, dude. I don't have time oh for goodness. jack fucking shit. Okay, anyways, they're no, sentient no, no. like... Uh, sentient cufflings. Cuff, wow. Well, they're like... Um, it's a bunch of different bracelets all together, you know? Magical. Anyways. Sentient charm bracelet. It's many bracelets, but yes. Uh, and anyways, so a lot of the people were saying that it talks too much, and it kind of does. Okay. Um, and at some point, she even says, like, can you just shut up? Um, <laughs> which is kind of fun. But yeah, so that thing talks to you. Uh, the demo, again, just jumps you right into like a place to go fight monsters, so they're not telling you much story at all. They give you kind of a quick uh, synopsis or whatever. So you're just in there doing the things. And of course, they unlock a ton of spells right in the beginning to just let you try all of them. And there's an upgrade tree, et cetera. There's over 100 spells. And how the spells work is there's two forms. So you basically can have one form, which is more melee, which is, of course, what I picked. 
uh, but you can always jump back and forth to the other one that's more ranged. And each one of those forms has many, many spells. So mm. the only thing that I got like overwhelmed for in the beginning was just too much. Like I didn't know which one to do or how to attack any situation. But then at some point I played for, I don't know, an hour or so. And I got like the three or four that I loved. And I just, you know, kept using those. Like this is really cool. Um, a lot of them are defensive spells, which I haven't seen in a lot of action RPGs. So you put a ring of fire around you and it starts burning up all the enemies that are near okay, you. Sure. And sure. then I'm doing the regular combat, which is like a flame sword. Um, it all feels good. I had to put it on 60 frames per second. I don't know anybody who would want to do the performance mode for this. Uh, you know how I feel about that. I think Wait, isn't that ridiculous. performance mode? What is the other thing? Is it oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the other word? We say these it's usually many. graphics and performance. So you were on you were on the smoother frame rate. Smoother mode, frame rate. Yeah, I wanted sixty, uh, which it still dips sometimes. But that's really the only choice, though. Like I don't understand really why you is. would want better graphics if the frame rate sucks ass. Like you got to do the frame rate. Yeah, and the frame. I mean, I won't say it sucks ass, but it's just like there's just no reason in a game that's this fast and frenetic, and you're doing magic spells. Like, yeah. So I didn't. I didn't. I also looked at the graphics side by side. I didn't see much of a difference, which is what we always say in the show. Let's just get rid of it, people. Yeah, get rid of the options. Get rid of it. Push it. By the way, I think High on Life does this. Not to keep talking about that game, but I think it does because there's no choice in High on Life, right? I don't know. Well, I'm telling you, there isn't uh, between performance and whatever graphics and stuff. So what I'm saying is that game sometimes is 60 and sometimes it isn't, but that's okay. Like I almost rather have that than having to pick between the two. Um, Anyways, so I really enjoyed it on 60. I'll say some cons, uh, and I'll also tell you a little bit more about the story, but the con is as you're running around learning your spells, there's, I think, a little bit too many spells because I didn't know which ones to use. But then when I find the ones I liked, I liked them. Um, and I think there was some weirdness with, like, you can't, like, you, you hit the jump button, and it's worse than Dark Souls, which oh, no, for really? me is bad um, because I think that one's garbage. Anyways, yeah, it's like you jump like six inches off the ground or, oh, or less man. or less. You might as well not even do that. What do you even do that for? And here's the thing. The dodge, which is basically like a magical dash, is all you use. So sure. you're magical dashing, using spells, defensive spells, attacking. You're, you don't need to jump. So I don't know why they did that. It's like bad. We put it in because other games have a jump probably. Yeah, but, but if you're going to do sense. that, have it go a little higher. It's just weird. It's like she can't jump. Um, her Achilles heels or something is they're really, bad, really sore. Yeah, yeah. basketball um, accident back in high school. Oh, I know about those. So yeah, I, I think that part's silly. Um, but once you get in the flow, because I put up a GIF I think on Twitter somewhere, and I got in the flow and it felt really good. And I was like, okay, okay, now I'm in. Like I've started to figure it out. Um, a couple other things I don't like though is when you go in the menu and you're not gonna like this. The whole menu. <laughs> I just feel like you won't because we have UI. You're probably right, dude. You're probably right. UI stuff, you know? Yes. The whole menu is a curved screen. What? Like a monitor for no reason. Oh, dude. Don't unless, do that. Unless they'd say in the story that, they, they, you know, they didn't show us in the demo why it's like that. But it's whack, dude. Like, there's no reason. It should be a curved screen. UI needs to just be useful. It doesn't need to be fancy, you know? I mean, unless you're like Dead Space. Yeah, don't that's get what fancy. I'm saying. I yeah, don't, don't get fancy. It doesn't it. fit the feeling, right? Um, and also, the icons are all really big, and it's actually annoying that they're so big. Like, mm. it's it's like hard to read. Oh, I just don't like it, man. I really don't. Okay, interesting. Um, 
And I don't think they're going to – well, they have time to patch that probably or they do something with it. If they're listening, I don't know. Man, it just seems weird. Um, yeah, other than that, I, I'd like – oh, man, I put up a GIF that got all sorts of views on Imgur and uh, and some on Twitter. But you can kick. One of the magic spells you can unlock is kick, like magic mm-hmm. kick. Sure. And for some reason, there's deers in this game that you can fight. And I don't want to, but they're there, you know. So I had to kick the deer. He's run and kick a deer. Yeah, I had to run and kick the deer. <laughs> and it went flying, and then it exploded, and it was hilarious. But then I said I felt bad. Um, so that's the thing in the game. Also, one thing I heard from a reviewer that I do not like, but luckily it's only one mission. Um, well, he didn't play the whole thing. He only put the demo, so I don't know. But they said there's some fail stealth missions in this game. Oh, no. In a game in 2022 or 2023. Really? Terrible. So That sounds to me like really old school thinking, man. Hopefully I know. that's not the case. I mean, maybe there's more to it than that. Well, it, it kind of goes together with the fact that I don't know how long they've been making this game, but it, it doesn't really truly look like God of War Ragnarok PS5 graphics, right? Like it seems like it's a smidge down a very good PS4 game, and that's it's that feels like an old school game mechanic thrown in too. So, yeah, yeah. so the jury's out for me. I know that at some point I really enjoyed the flow of like doing eight million spells at once, and I kind of figured out that I like these four. And when I switch over to defensive, I did this, I put this plant down, I did some defense for me. Uh, these swords like glow behind you and like just follow you around. There's some cool shit in here, so it's definitely like a double edged sword feel. And then the other side of that double-edged sword is that it feels a little old school, the jump is shit, and the UI is a little weird. So, I don't know. What do you think? I will tell you after I play this demo, it sounds like um, something that I would pick up on sale, maybe, but what you're describing. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I kind of like the idea of the spells and, and the walking around, but I don't like too much talking. I don't like too much swearing. I don't like curved screens for my UI. I don't know. It seems, it seems weird. It seems like maybe there's a couple of choices in here that, that maybe should have gone back to the drawing board, like get rid of the jump and get rid of a couple other things, but I'll, I'll try the demo and we'll see. We'll see. I, uh, I honestly, uh, have, I don't know, man. I'm curious. Well, I think they also put out the demo because again, they want people to get feedback. I don't know how much they can change and when it's coming out. Oh, it's January, the end of January. So it's pretty soon. No, no. But, um, man, they could just fix that jump. That'd be great. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think once I get the story part, you know, like we always say on the show, like there's no reason for me to keep playing this if it's like just kind of fun mechanics. Right. But if there's like I understand that she came from our world and now we just got to figure out what her story is, then I might be in. But I'm I'm kind of in. I'm like one toe in. Or no, a few toes in. A few toes in. One whole foot, perhaps? Yeah, foot in. I'm a foot in. One foot in. Okay, he's one foot in. All right. For spoken demo, I will download it after the show. Maybe yeah, we'll talk that. about it next week. If I didn't talk about it, then maybe I didn't like it. So we'll see. We'll kick, see what happens. Kick some deers and get and start squaring the word fuck at the menu. Oh, one more question. Uh, yeah. Is this one of those demos where your save carries forward Ugh, or no? It sure doesn't. Okay. Just yeah. wanted to know. Just wanted to know what I'm in for. So that's, that's why they do a synopsis in the beginning. They're like, this is kind of the story. Now go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right, that is the Forspoken demo on PS5. Now let me talk about The Last Door. Have you ever played The Last Door, Carlos? Do you know what it is? Wait, is this an old school game? It's not an old school game, um, but it is a 2D point and click. Uh, it is a horror themed point and click. It's done by The Game Kitchen, 
Yeah. Uh, and I believe they are from Spain, and they are the people who made Blasphemous. You pl- did you play Blasphemous? I did, and you talked about it on the show, and I can see it's oh, a man. pixely, arty game like that. Yes, yes. I love Blasphemous. That's a fantastic 2D Souls-like. One of the ones that really gets it right. I, I recommend Blasphemous to everybody. But this is their game before Blasphemous. Uh, it is, like I said, a 2D point-and-click. Uh, very simple graphics like your main character is like nine pixels or something so it's really basic looking but i say that um not as an insult or not as a negative i think it's really well done i think they're very smart with their pixels i think everything looks really sharp and good readable i think it's uh it's very good the the story of this game i can't give away too much because the story is very very important in this game but basically the game starts this is the very like first two minutes of the game this is not a spoiler uh the game starts with a person who's in his attic and he's like leaving a note uh, he's done some terrible stuff he feels really bad about, and then he hangs himself right in the attic and just kills himself. And you are his good friend from school from a million years ago, like when you guys were like at boarding school or whatever. Uh, you're all grown men now. And so he's coming to this guy's house to find out why he hung himself, what happened, what what drove him to this, where's his wife, what's going on, and he lives in this giant spooky house, and you're kind of investigating. I don't want to say any more than that because the story is really important in this game. And some of the revelations that come through are actually pretty fucking cool. So I don't want to ruin it. Uh, What I will say is this was a Kickstarter game. And it seems like each section of this, it it was like kickstarted as they went, it looks Mm -hmm. like. The game is broken up into, so there's two parts, part one and part two. I'm on part one. And I believe there is four chapters to each part. So ultimately like eight chapters total, four and four. Uh, And after each chapter, they they say, oh, thanks to the Kickstarter backers of this chapter and blah, blah, blah. So that's an interesting way to go. It seems like the kind of like minimal risk we're going to do just one chapter. And if it gets funded, great. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. And each chapter is kind of like a mini story unto itself. So you wrap up the story of chapter one, you move on to chapter two, uh, and then you kind of do this little bit here. And the progression is really good. So what makes this game good? Number one, the graphics, I think, are great. They're very lo-fi, but in a good way. Uh, I like the way it looks. And I I really want to give a huge shout out to the Game Kitchen for its subtitles. Uh, they actually caption this game, which is different than subtitling. Uh, and what I mean by that is whenever there are sound effects, there's a separate line of text that comes up. So I play this game in my bed, like I usually do with all my Switch games. Playing it on the Switch. It's great on the Switch. Very readable. Very uh, very Switch-friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thumbs up to that. Uh, but I never have the sound on because my wife is usually sleeping at that point, And I don't like to have headphones on. So I just like play. And every time some sound came up, there was like a, a subtitle at the top. It would be like, door creaks open. Oh, or that's like, cool. Crows crowing or spooky sound behind you. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's dope. I love it. Because like it totally tells me what's going on and there are sound cues in this game but they tell you so it's wonderful i want to give them huge props yeah i wish that more games did that because it really makes a big fucking difference if you play with no sound on or if you can't hear or if you can't hear so, yeah 100 yeah so that's great uh but this is the good kind of point and click carlos where the puzzles are all really logical um i will say that you do have to pay attention uh this is not a funny one it's a serious spooky one and so they give you enough clues every time i've gotten stuck and i've gotten stuck a couple times i'm like oh I was just dumb because I didn't realize this, which they completely fucking told me. And I just wasn't sharp enough, you know, probably because I'm in bed. Um, But like they give you all the clues you need. Like there is never a point at which I felt like it was unfair. There's never a point at which I felt like they were cheating me, like some point and clicks do. So I will say you got to like put your thinking cap on, but everything you need is there. This helps because uh, you have very few items, which is great. That's exactly what I like in a point and click. Don't overwhelm me with like useless items. Like you pick up, I don't know. I think the most items I've ever had at one time was like maybe like six. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. That's nothing from point and click, dude. Like you're not picking up random junk from every screen. Uh, each area is small, so even if you get stuck, there's only so many rooms you can go to. Like there, there's not like multiple locations. It's not open world. You're like you're in a house, or you're in a school, you're in something where there's like I don't know four rooms, five rooms. Like it's it's very small and manageable. So even if you don't know what you're doing, it only takes a little bit of time to like kind of like work your way through by process of elimination. So that's really good. I will also say there's a button that shows you all the hotspots, which is great. I, was just I love ask. that. That's good. Love that. That's great. And also when you click on a hotspot, uh, they just give you the briefest possible description. You click on a candle. It's a candle. The wick is burnt. Done. That's all I need. I don't need like four fucking paragraphs of, oh, this is imported paraffin from Upper Upper Newfoundland, which comes from a special sheep, which gives you the milk. I'm like, oh, fuck all that. Yeah. I don't need that shit. I hate games that like drown you in the text, right? So like everything is like, it's a ripped rag, period. Or uh, this thing looks dangerous. Watch out, period. Like it's done. Like So even when you click all these things uh, and there's a lot to read, but you get through it so fast and you don't feel like you're drowning in text, which is great. Um, I will also say this game is spooky. The graphics are very basic. And when you look at a screenshot, you're like, there's no way this can be scary. It's actually scary, dude, which is the biggest win mm. because um, there's no jump scares so far, which I applaud them for. Uh, but they are very great with mood and with tone and with buildup. And with and lighting, so, it seems like. With lighting, yeah, yeah, with lighting, exactly. And so even though it looks like you're almost looking like an Atari game in some points, when shit goes down, I was, <laughs> I was a little bit scared, man. I was like, oh, man, this is pretty creepy. Uh, so it's pretty good. I don't want to say any more about it because I really don't want to like give any any story away. I don't want to give any surprises away. But I'm playing it on the Switch. Came out a couple years ago. You can get the complete edition, which has all eight chapters, and it's fixed up. Uh, to work on the Switch wonderfully. They do a great job with the port. I'm very comfortable on the Switch port. I think this is a great game. I think, I'm not done with it, but I feel like this one is going to end up right alongside Nine Witches and Dark Side Detective as my mm. favorite of the modern point and clicks. I feel like it's really, really good so far. It looks great. Also, it came out a long time ago, but you're playing the Collector's Edition. Yeah, the brand new, oh, not brand new, but whatever the most final yeah. complete Switch edition is, that's what I'm playing. I think it's the same as the Steam one that's out right now. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's it's actually even more, so I'll take that I back. I know. I bought it I bought it a couple years ago, and I just now getting around to it. So okay, it's, but it's yeah, it looks really cool, so yeah. definitely check it out. And we, again, always want to find good point and click, and this seems like one of them. Yeah, this is definitely, this is hot shit so far. I'm really liking it. I really, I think it's great. So The Last Door from the game kitchen also check out blasphemous if you want a 2d souls like check them out they are good good stuff okay carlos high on life i yes. know that you are a big justin roiland fan i know you were very very excited about this game yes we actually delayed the podcast today so we get some extra time because today is the day that the embargo drops yes all right man i want the ins and outs the beginnings and ends but uh no spoilers of course yes uh on high and live just as a full disclosure to people uh, we did get an early code for the purpose of talking about on the show which carlos is about to do but there were some strings attached to it and one of the strings which is more like a rope big thick rope was like don't spoil anything so we are under um these restrictions carlos yes yes do your do your best to not spoil anything spoiler free um real quick uh talk about high and live and later on, uh, I'll talk at much more length. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, probably in just next episode because yeah. I have been playing it uh, a while. Uh, not too long, but me, I love this game. I, I knew I was going to like it. Um, f- uh, spoiler, <laughs> that I like this game. But uh, I think I'm close to the end. 
Like okay. I'm crazy. Like I basically just been spending so much time with it. So do you have like a rough, rough idea of hours wise? I don't. Um, okay. I'll come back uh, next episode and let you know that, but no worries. No it, worries. All good. In a game that you like so much and just having fun with. And again, like you alluded to, I love Justin Roiland and Squanch games. Um, Rick and Morty, that whole stuff. Um, you don't, it, the time just goes by like so yeah, easily, you know? Sure. Well, that's a great, the mark of a great game. It's it really awesome. is. It really is. And now again, this is, uh, I think the biggest thing I'll say is kind of a preview review is that if you like Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland, Trover Saves Universe, which is amazing, Accounting Plus, uh, all those games, then you're going to like this game. Like that's the first thing. Easy sell. Easy, Easy sell. sell. If you don't, you might not because of, you know, the humor or whatever. <laughs> Yes. But I'll say this, even if you don't like those games, Trover was much more about, um, you know, they really f- focused on VR in the beginning and then they made a port that wasn't VR, but it really kind of used some VR mechanics. So this is all about just being a really good, I think a pretty darn good first person shooter. So okay, cool. that's all what right. I'm well, saying. Tell us, like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even tell if us you about don't like first the person comedy. shooter, that's all I know. Justin Roiland. But what is, uh, what is the deal with high and left? I'm guessing. You get high at some point because it's kind of in the title. That's it. We're, that's the, the review's done. It's a first-person shooter. You get high. It's over. That's it. <laughs> that's what happens. That's all I can Go talk buy about. It. Go buy it right now, folks. Yeah. No, so what it is is you play as a – again, this is spoiler-free. So I'm not going to say a bunch of stuff that's really fucking cool about this game. I'll say that next episode probably. But you play as a bounty hunter, uh, first person, and you have a bunch of different guns, which you've seen in the trailer, which all the guns are little aliens. And yeah. of course, they have different voices and different voice actors, all very cool. And I do not actually want to ruin those either, because as I picked up a new gun and learned who the new voice actor was, because I'm a comedian, I do comedy all the time. So a lot of them are comedy people, right? It was really cool because. Oh, are you saying that they're actual comedians that you knew? Yes. Oh, this, I didn't know gonna, that. I'm going to allude to this real quick, but I'm not going to say anything. Okay, so yeah, this don't is, say anything. But, this is okay. another spoiler-free section, but all the guns are aliens. They're funny. The first one is like basically Morty, right? Uh, Justin doing the Morty voice. Okay. And so, you know, he's the first one you find and you shoot with it, which is like this little slime stuff. And then you can upgrade it, whatever. There's an upgrade tree for every one of the guns. Um, and you're running around shooting things. And it's really, this game is about the comedy and about the dialogue. And you talk with a gun. The gun talks to you a lot. Again, like I said, if you don't like that, you're not going to like this game because... I was just waiting for him to say stuff because I was excited of like, you know, Justin does a lot of improv style. So he's just like, you know, hey, hey, we got to go over here because, you know, just fuck off. Just go over there. You know, and there's a lot of like irreverent, like making fun of games in the game. Okay. You know, okay. like that self-referential humor, which I love as well, which is in Trover all over the place. So, um, yeah. So you run around as a, as a bounty hunter. Um you have different guns. They're all aliens. They have different voices, different powers. Well, I won't say anything without the powers either. And you're, you know, fighting bosses and stuff like that. I'll side skip the story parts and say the only thing that I was thought was weird, and this is like a tangent for me, is that regular mode, there's regular story and like hard or something. Regular mode, normal. The first boss, which you get to pretty quickly, was really too difficult. And the fact that like it's about... And this is this is okay to spoil this part. It's just because you're going to get to it if you play it. It's like jump, hang, uh, you know, dodge, jump. The the boss goes away. The boss comes back. You have to do a bunch of things. The ground is lava, you know, type thing where you can't touch the ground. And so if you do, you die. Like all that was like too complicated for me. And it just kept eating shit. 
Wow. And I, I was mean, like, that's already, I feel like I'm a little bit overwhelmed already. Right. It was a lot to do for one first boss because, again, this is a comedy game. It's really about the story, about the world. And I was having so much fun shooting monsters up until that point. The first boss just threw me off. And I was like, oh, no, is this over? Like, this is a game I really want to like. But I, I just died like six times in a row because it wow. was like, you got to like stay up in the air and stuff. That it was like a rough start. Dude. It was rough. So I knocked it down to story mode. And I beat him in the second time. Okay. So my point is, tangent, let's just get away with, get rid of story mode. Let's call everything normal mode. (laughs) And then let's just make a harder mode. So it goes normal, which is story mode, right? Just make it like not things impossible so people can get through the fucking game. I'm not saying making games easier. It sounds like I'm saying that. But I'm just saying like, just have it be normal and then have it be like super hard or something. Put a, put a pin in this because I'm absolutely going to talk about this in the very next episode. Okay, okay. So there's my asterisk tangent pin. We'll go back to it. Once I got past that though and I put it on story mode, I'm just playing the game now in story mode because again, I don't want to call it that, but that's what I want out of this game. You know, I want the comedy. I want jokes. I want to explore these worlds. No spoiler, but there's many, many places you go. So there's all these different characters. I just want to hear them talk. And like Trover says, the universe, there's so many NPCs that are just talking having stories with themselves and you can just go up to them and, and, and listen. And again, I don't think it's for you, but I think for people like uh, me who love, you know, his humor, it, that's just, it's just exactly what I want. Question uh, for you. Yeah, Question. go ahead. Okay. So I don't know that I like it or not. I mean, I can't really say that I've interfaced with a lot of his material. I suspect that I don't, but I, I, I will keep an open mind on this. So two questions. Number one, is this coming to game pass? Do you know? I thought yes, it, was game it is. Pass. It is. Yeah. Okay. We got it early cause I was impatient and, uh, okay. <laughs> And I'm very, very excited that I dig it early. But yes, it's coming to Game Pass, which is easy for people to pick it up. If okay, they so have I'll it. definitely, definitely check it out then. Yep. And then second question, um, I know this is a first-person shooter. It reminds me just from the trailer, it reminds me a lot of Stranger's Wrath from Oddworld. Is that is that connecting at all? Wait, Stranger's Wrath, I have to look the game up. I don't remember Because you had, you had guns that had uh, living creatures as the bullets, and they didn't really talk to you, but like you had a gun that like shot hamsters, and there was a gun that shot spiders, and there was a gun that shot jellies and stuff like that oh yeah kind okay. of a similar sort of vibes yeah kind yeah of you could say that yeah okay i mean again then, it's, it's all really based on comedy so like all those right. little characters yeah so other question what is the world design like is there like a hub or are you going to linear levels? i can't is it say open? anything about what you're asking okay we're yeah. going to leave that there then. because right, again fine. i know i think i understand what the developers were talking about when it comes to the spoiler because this game starts in a very unique way Okay. And then, yeah, the only thing I could say is at some point you become a bounty hunter. You're fighting monsters and taking down bosses. But you do travel many places. Um, And it is a first-person shooter. First-person shooter. A lot of different uh, power-ups. At some point, you do use different power-ups together, right? So you pull out one gun. Sure. Get to a ledge with that gun. You take out your other gun, you know, shoot. Makes sense, sure. Um, Is there a dodge roll? There's no, there's a dodge, like a slide, like a magical slide thing, which you can upgrade and upgraded it to the max, of course. And so you can like super slide for a long time. Uh, Most of the time the guns will be like, woo, it's fun. Keep doing this. (laughs) Um, Because yeah, it's really funny how they react to everything. Like it's just whatever you do in the world, if you're sitting around for too long, they'll comment on it, you know, Um, like I went to an area and even just an NPC was like, what, what are you still here? Yeah, you were you were in an office talking to somebody, and he's like, "You can hang out and like just hang out for a while if you want." You know, fuck it, just hang out. You know, and they don't expect the player to hang out, right? Because you got to go do the next mission. But I hung out just to see what happened, and he was like, "So you're gonna leave anytime soon, or you know, just you're really gonna <laughs> hang out?" Okay, shit. All right, cool, cool. Um, love all that shit. Um, the other thing I'll say is, again, this is an alluding to why it's so fucking cool. 
every single one of these voice actors are awesome. I mean, they got, uh, Justin said this on an interview, they got everybody they wanted. Let's put it that way. Like, if you're a fan of and comedy. These are, these, these are recognizable names if you don't Recognizable comedy, right? names. Okay. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. And one of them it was one of the guns, and I won't say who, but is one of my favorite comedians right now, period, hands down. So when I got that gun, I was like, oh, that's just going to be my gun now. Because I just wanted to hear that comedian. You Interesting. Know? I'm going to have to look up a list because I oh. love comedy. Uh, I'm a big comedy fan. Uh, but there's a couple people that I can't stand, and so I'm I'm curious if well you I got to see the breakdown. Yeah, you don't have to pick those guns then. That that sounds like a, the a Morty move. Yeah, yes. the Morty voice that Justin does is the main gun, and he'll go back to that gun for story beats sometimes. Mm-hmm. But here's the coolest thing in the fucking world, dude. Uh, I picked up this gun, which I could talk. I wish I could tell you about, but I can't. And the gun um, was voiced by this this comedian who I like. And the whole mission, I picked the gun that I liked, this, this uh, voice actor. And he had a whole set of dialogue where, I can say this, he was pretending to be a detective, mm-hmm. like in a detective voice. That's different if you had a different gun. So the whole mission has different VO for the different Depending guns. Depending on the gun that you're yeah, 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 okay, yeah. using. Yeah. So I had the whole experience of the mission, which is a pretty long one, with, with one character doing a funny you know, voice the whole time. And it was all these jokes that, you know, that person made. Super fucking cool. And the other so thing if is, you went back and did it like, I mean, it seems like there's probably a lot of replay because if you went back and chose different guns, you get a whole... You could. Basically yeah. new script, right? Yeah, you could. I, uh, Me, I'll just... It's canon, but... <laughs> sure, And sure. I'm done. But the other thing I'll say real quick too, another looting thing, which surprised me and I think is a selling point, is I can't say who, but like this really big uh, YouTuber is in it. And he is not only voices, but he's also some uh, videos on TV and man, oh man, it just felt so cool because if you're like me and you know, some of these people on YouTube and you kind of have a bond with like watching their videos all the time to see them pop up in a game like this, it just, it felt really special. Um, cause he's been like working on videos for years and years and I really like it. So, so it's just like a laundry laundry list of like things that I like. Um, and again, when you have it on story mode, it, the, the action's like good and there's a slide and, you're jumping and shooting. There's a, um, oh, I can't say that. There's other things later. <laughs> other, other things that come Other up, things sure. that you can run around and do. Um, I mean, no surprise. I fucking love this game. Uh, the only con, what was a con? I have to have a con. Jeez. I guess the con was the, the boss thing. Because again, the difficulty, starting yeah, difficulty. And the yeah. starting difficulty seems weird. And again, I don't know what the other difficulties are like with the other bosses because I turned it down to story mode for the rest of sure. the time. So I don't know what that is. Um, and then I guess the only other mini con is that there's all these little, little hidden chests everywhere, which is, you know, you want to get for currency that sure. you can buy shit. They're sometimes really fucking hard to find. Um, that's all. That's such a small con. Whatever. Okay. That's fair. All right. But high in life, I am high in life. By the way, you don't, there's no real high in life is actually a spoiler. <laughs> so I can't say what that title means. Sure. Um, but it isn't about being high at all. Like that's not what okay. this is about really. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. Well, all will be revealed. I'm sure we will talk about this again uh, once we get a little bit further out. In fact, I'm not even sure if the game is even out yet. Does it come out today? No, tomorrow? it's not even out yet, I don't think. At the time of this recording, I don't think it is. All right. Well, whenever it comes out, I'm sure that all all uh, all restrictions will be dropped once it's available to the general public because you can't control what the general public says. I'm sure we will circle back and you can talk about the the parts that you think are good that are currently under embargo. So I know I really want to play. I really want to tell you the rest of it. Um, High in Life will come out 
Oh, what? Why does it have the date? Uh, I mean, Xbox soon. Game Pretty Pass, soon. December 12th. Oh, today. That today. Time so is later recording. today. Later yeah. today. All right. Excellent. Wait, if it comes out today, that means can I talk about it? No, 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 no. You cannot talk about All it. All right. Not we yet. did. It. Okay. We did it. There it is. High in life. I think it's great and really funny. And I w- I'll tell you more later. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Cool. Maybe I'll give it a shot. It's on Game Pass. You know, I got don't got nothing to lose. If I don't like it, no problem. So yeah, I don't want to say you won't like it in the beginning. But do you like Rick and Morty? I've never seen Rick and Morty. Okay, crazy. Um, do you like? Did you see Trover at all when I played it? I no, I knew of Trover, but I didn't. I didn't bother because I'm not familiar with those guys, and I didn't have any time to play it. So I don't. Okay. You know, I don't even know. I mean, it's it's very possible that I might like Rick and Morty, but there's so much stuff surrounding it. I kind of just like stayed away from it, just from like all of the hubbub and just all of the weird fans and just stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. It's got a weird, it's got a weird like meta to it. And I didn't know that I wanted any part of that yet. So it's funny because the people, people made the meta. There's no meta to the actual, it's just like comedy. It's It's like people just making animation. So yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like when that, uh, the, the creator, uh, one of the creators, Dan Harmon is one of the creators, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he got on and famously said, he hates his fans. Like he hates the fans of the show because they don't understand the show and it makes it miserable for everybody. So like if the creator of the show is saying that he hates his own fans, I mean, that is kind of like, that's a very strange meta to have. And then when, when that soy sauce thing happened or the, no, it wasn't soy sauce. It was um, Szechuan sauce or something. Yeah. yeah that yeah. whole thing happened. Like that just made it even worse. So I okay. don't know. I know. I knew what you're doing. And those two things, let's put it this way. Put those on the side. Okay. Yes. Put them over in a little yes. box. This is not Dan Harmon and y'all, by the way. So this is but, Justin. Yeah, it's separate, right? separate, yeah. Justin has a whole company and the Squanch Games, and they're just like awesome developers and, you know, fans of comedy. Right, right, right. So yeah. that's how this thing is being created, and that's how uh, Trover and Accounting was created, right? So it's totally from uh, away from that. Um, so maybe you will like it. I don't know. No, I mean, that's that's very fair, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, that's just that is just my personal rationale of like why I haven't dipped into – Rick and Morty and then anything that's kind of associated with it, I kind of put it all in the same basket. So yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's not fair of me to do. Maybe I should give it a chance and see. Maybe I do like it. I don't know. I got to okay. keep it open mind. Give it a shot. Check give it, it out. A shot. All right. Final game of the show. And it's a big one. I don't even know what I'm going to say about it. Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, uh, my this is goodness. one I was very, very, very excited about. Um, and I didn't I was not in on the pre-release, which is fine. Uh, but I did eventually get a code provided to me by PR for the purpose of talking about it on the show, which I'm doing right now. So thank you very much to PR. That's great. Um, because I wasn't going to buy it because it's really expensive. <laughs> it's uh, $70. $70 for the starting package, $80 Good for the medium Lord. package, 100 bucks for the big package. Fuck and I was off. like, yeah, it's like, ooh, boy. Like, that's a lot of money. Um, Sorry, I'll tell any developer to fuck off at $100. I mean, especially right now with the, I don't know. That's just fucking insane to me. It's a lot of money. Even 70 bucks is a lot of money to me because I'm famously a person who buys games on sale and I, you know, I get a lot of games for free since I'm the editor of the website and I just like, you know, and, you know, money's money. Like it's, you know, we work hard for our money and I'm not rich by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, 70 bucks is like, damn, I, if I knew for a fact I loved it, I would buy it, but I didn't know, right? You yeah. don't know. It's a lot to gamble and I'm not a gambler. Ever tell you when I went to Vegas? <laughs> and you failed at gambling? Oh, yeah, I sucked at gambling. I took, I went to Vegas, and I'm like, I'm not a gambler, right? So I took 20 bucks, went to a blackjack table, lost it in like four seconds, and I'm like, I'm done. And I didn't spend a single penny for the rest of my time I was at Vegas. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not gambling nothing. Weird. So okay. I'm not a gambler. Not right. a gambler. Anyway, had a great time, though. Uh, so Marvel's Midnight Suns, what the fuck is it? It is a turn-based 
tactics game, very much in the, the vein of XCOM, which makes sense because it's made by Firaxis, which makes XCOM. There you go. So great pedigree, right? Like you're thinking XCOM is dope, one of my favorite turn-based strategies of all time. Uh, the, the recent one, you know, is, is great stuff too. Um, so that was a great starting point. That got me very excited. What also got me excited about this was the premise of like the darker side of the Marvel Universe. Now we've seen Iron Man and, uh, you know, the Avengers and Spider-Man and all that stuff. And those are those are great. I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan, period. Like no, no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm a Marvel fan, period. Have been, will continue to be. That's where I'm at. But there's many aspects to the Marvel Universe, right? Like there, there's the straight across hero stuff. There's the sci-fi stuff. There's the space stuff. But there's also the occult stuff. And the occult stuff doesn't get a lot of play. Um, there's a whole slew of heroes and villains that are all about like witchcraft and Satan stuff and other dimensions and all that kind of stuff. And if you go back to the 60s, 70s and even the 80s, there's lots of it. Um, but they just kind of shy away from it recently for whatever reason. I think probably Doctor Strange is probably the yeah. closest they've come to to tapping that side of the Marvel. Universe. What about Moon Knight? Right. That's a, oh, that's kinda, a DC. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, it's Marvel. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but they go even deeper than that. I mean, there's like a dude that's like, um, you know, Hellstrom, son of Satan. There's like, uh, you know, Magic, who is like the Queen of Limbo. And there's all sorts of demons and shit. Like, there's all sorts of stuff in there. Right. They're not going um, to. Hold on. That this, they don't go into. I just have to say this because this would never come up ever again. But yeah. I just remembered Blue Devil. Oh, uh, he's from DC, dude. He, I love DC, Blue Devil. I know. Yeah. But I remember reading Blue Devil. It felt like, because I loved Ambush Bug. Did we, I love we Ambush about Bug that as show? well. Okay. Yeah. And I have a whole story about Ambush Bug. I have a movie script. Uh, that I want to get written someday <laughs> before I die. Okay. But Blue Devil was kind of funny, wasn't he? A little bit funny. Yeah, he was. He was yeah, kind he of was. like Hellboy, but he was also like, yeah, he was a devil. I feel like it was comedy, but he was also a badass. Man, yeah, Blue, Blue Devil's Devil. great, dude. Okay, sorry. Okay, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Tangent. Yeah. Tangent. I'm Blue Devil. This is the, one of the biggest heartbreaks I've had in recent years, dude. So did you watch the recent Swamp Thing TV show? It was on the DC network, and I think it went to some other network. But like, they did a whole first season of brand new revamp Swamp Thing. Did you watch that? I know of it, and I didn't watch it, no. Okay, that kicked ass. That was really good. Uh, it was on the DC specific channel which was crazy because why would dc have its own tv channel that's dumb but it was a great show i loved swamp thing and i don't know if you knew this they were building up to have blue devil appear on that show as a supporting character holy fucking hell it was going to be ian Ziering, who was from sharknado and also from all the shows from the 90s they hinted at it so fucking hard he had the costume and if people don't know blue devil was a stuntman who got welded to his costume when he was playing Blue Devil through magic magic means, and he became a devil, but he was actually just a stuntman in costume originally. But anyway, he's which there. Is, which, by the way, is like Ambush Bug. Yes. The and also of like, him. Was yeah, same. also kind of like Ghost Rider, too. A lot of parallels there a little bit. Yeah. But, but he's there. He's he, he shows up a bunch. He's got some powers going on. Occult stuff's happening. He had the, the Blue Devil mask in his back. And then towards the end of the series, he fucking hulks out, and it's off camera, but you're kind of looking through his eyes, and it's pretty fucking clear he's Blue Devil. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe it. They're bringing Blue Devil to TV. Oh, that's fucking amazing. And then the show gets fucking canceled oh. the very next episode, dude. This kid could have an offshoot episode, or off a show, um, offshoot show. Can't say Spin that. Spinoff or something. Spinoff, yeah. yeah. I yeah. wish. I wish, but they, I don't know what's happening. I think Swamp Thing deserves to come back. I would love to watch Ian Ziering as Blue Devil. I would absolutely watch that. Anyway, that oh was. Oh my goodness. Anyway. Okay, Blue Devil, tangent over. Has nothing to do with Marvel Midnight. Marvel. Okay. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. About no, it does. Okay. It, it does. We're talking about like monsters or different types. That's of, true. That's true. Of the heroes. Side, yes. Yeah. That's fair point. Fair point. Okay. Getting back to Midnight Suns, I was excited about this because they feature all like not all but many 
of the occult type heroes that we don't get to see a lot of. So like Agatha Harkness, although she is going to be getting her show in a much different version because yeah. she was on the, the, the Scarlet Witch show. Uh, but Ghost Rider, who is one of my all time favorite characters, uh, Doctor Strange is in there as well. Blade, who's a fucking badass. Uh, we have Magic, who I mentioned earlier was the Queen of Limbo for a while. Um, Wolverine, hello. <laughs> Jeez. Wolverine is Wolverine is not one of the occult heroes, but he does show oh, up. Oh, I'm game. sorry. I thought you were just listing all the people that were in it. Yeah. No, no, yes. just just the occult people. Just yes, the occult yeah. people. And your character, you play a brand new character called the Hunter. They give her a very strong occult background as well. So she's like a spooky demon person. Um, and so like you've got this team of occult people I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm very much looking forward to the dark side of the Marvel universe. Cause we barely scratched it folks. And there's so much to go through like decades of material. Um, the interesting thing that happens, uh, is that very quickly they pivot away from that. Uh, and a lot of like the, like other heroes show up. We have Iron Man, we have Captain Marvel, right? That's yeah. when Wolverine shows up. Wolverine shows up. We yeah. have Spider-Man. Uh, there's a couple more people that are going to show up and I'm like, this is weird because this was pitched as the dark occult, you know, spooky Marvel game. And then here's, and I, I, don't get me wrong. I love Spider-Man and Iron Man. I, like, I love them. I love them all. But it, it's very weird that they are showing up in this occult game. And I almost feel like it's kind of a, um, a panic button from the developers because they're like, wait a minute. Uh, the biggest star we have is Ghost Rider. And only some people like Ghost Rider and kind of Doctor Strange. Maybe, maybe we don't have enough star power. Okay, let's get Spider-Man and Wolverine and Iron Man. And it, it feels a little bit like a, a like a wrong turn to me. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Um, what happens is, and it's actually funny too, because when these guys show up, when the Avengers type people show up, people in the game actually talk about what are they doing here? Like, why are they here? Like, we're the we're the we're the B team, we're the black magic users. What's Iron Man doing? Like they talk about it in the game. Like, I have to feel like it was the developers being like management made us put iron man in this game we didn't want him in here it feels weird that he's here and it does feel weird that he's there yeah it's like a nod um, to what's happening yeah i feel like that was really strange and kind of unexpected and really not necessary i would have loved to really deep dive on these other occult characters it would be cool just to get one game like that so okay so that's the thing that's weird that's the thing that's weird but i will say um i mean i like all the marvel characters so i'm not i'm not throwing the game away but it's, it's just strange so how does this game play out very Interesting on the battlefield. And I got to say, it's actually pretty awesome. Um, you pick a team of three. You go to these open uh, open fields. There's no hexes or squares or anything. You're free to walk around the battlefield as much as you can. Um, you can move. Uh, and you also have a card system, which is also pretty well done. You can have, I think, mm, two, four, eight, eight cards per round. Uh, four attack and four power ability cards. Uh, and like, for example, like with, uh, with Iron Man, he'll have like his repulsor beams from his hands. He can uh, give somebody armor. He can weaken somebody with a special, uh, I don't know, scanner he's got. Uh, he's got a power beam from his chest and stuff. So, like, it's all the typical Iron Man shit. But it's all, like, on a card. So, like, you have to save up a number of points, take your turn. It's all very strategic. I don't want to get too in the, in the woods, right? But, like, basically, it works really well. The card system is great. You can upgrade the cards, change the cards out, make him play more defensively, more offensively. It's the same for everybody. You know, you can make Spider-Man shoot people the webs and use the environment, or you can make it more of a punchy combo kind of guy. Uh, like everybody's got their own thing. Blade is one of my favorites because he can like make people bleed and he can gain life back from them. He's got a lot of like really cool string combos where you can take out a bunch of guys in a row. Um, it's also interesting because they have two different types of characters that you fight. Uh, there's, there's just like the punks who are just like one hit kill uh, where you kill, you kill them with one hit is what I mean to say. And then there's guys who are beefier who take more hits. And so 
it's kind of a mix between balancing, you know, do you take out a couple of punks first and then you take out the big guy or do you want to work on the big guy first? And so you kind of kind of balance out your moves um, to, you know, just get the most bang for your buck each turn. So I think overall, I like this a lot. There's also a lot of um, teamwork synergy. A lot of the powers make a lot of sense, like magic can open portals to throw guys around the, the, the level. You can punch guys into another guy and one of your heroes. Like, for example, if you're you're, uh, you know, Doctor Strange, you hit somebody with a magic beam, push the guy back, you push him into Iron Man. Iron Man turns around and blasts him as soon as mm. it gets to him. So it's like a combo. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool. Like use the environment like a lot in this game, which I think is great. It feels very dynamic. Um, lots of very cool camera angles like Iron Man goes up to in the sky and he flies around or like magical, like push somebody into like a portal. You see like the little hell dimension beyond it or uh, Nico from the runaways is there. She's got like all these cool spells that are like spiders and bats and stuff all over the the, the field. It, it looks I mean, the special effects and ability effects are pretty cool. So I like that. The dynamic action shots are very exciting. If you know, if you think back to like XCOM where you would move your guys around in the field and then like every like fifth move, you would get like an action cam behind your guy where he's like running and taking cover or he's blasting a guy. Yeah, yeah. And when you got that little action move, like it was really exciting. Right. So it's like they find, they've amped that up a little bit and I think it works really well. Seeing everybody flying around, pushing guys around laser beams and swords and shit is, is pretty dope. Like that's pretty exciting. I have a question um, on the combat, yeah, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to get to it right now. Maybe. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Which go is ahead. calling back to our normal story and difficult modes. I was going to ask you how hard it is because XCOM is notoriously pretty difficult, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm just wondering how that, yeah, how difficult okay, it is. Okay, so getting back to what you were talking about with High on Life. Um, so I started on normal mode, and I very quickly switched it to easy mode. And I'll tell you, because it feels weird um, to have some dumb punk with, like, a little handheld taser, yep. like wreck, wreck Iron Man. That feels yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if Spider-Man shows up, I expect him to be kicking some ass and not like you need to be invincible, but like it, I felt like the guys on normal mode were just kind of damage sponges. Um, there were more guys that took more than one hit. And so I felt like the balance of that was off a little bit. And the guys that were like the beefy guys, oh man, it felt like I was just chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And part of that is because when you start, your heroes are weaker. They're not leveled up. You don't have the better cards yet. I get it. Like there's a power curve, but it just felt like wrong to have somebody like punching captain marvel and having her fly across a level and get like half her half her life is gone in one hit like that's stupid she's like basically the superman of marvel so she needs to be like way bigger than that and be tougher than that yeah so i put it down to easy and i felt like that was um more appropriate because i'm blowing through the levels faster which is great because i, I want peppy combat i don't want to have 45 minutes per encounter i want to have like 10 minutes per encounter, five minutes per encounter. And, you know, some encounters are bigger than others, but doing the levels faster felt better. And I was going through it quicker. The pace felt better and you felt more like a superhero. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to put it on easy and I'm having a much better time with it. Exactly. So I, yeah. Can I, can I just piggyback yeah, on that? Yeah. It's like a, one thing, again, to plea to developers to just work on game balancing because you can make it normal mode and it just be, it makes more sense when it comes to the flow of how things are going. And also, yeah. like you said, like based on the story or the characters. So in going back really quickly to High on Life, like this character is just a regular every person. But at the same time, you know, you have a laser pistol with alien laser pistols shooting out crazy things. And there's like you said, peon type regular, yeah. you know, monsters coming. You're, just, you're not supposed to really spend too much time on them. Right. So in the easy mode, that the game feels really right. Because it's like, bing, 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 dead, 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 bing, bing, dead. I have to jump and dodge a little bit, but bing, 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 dead. Yeah. And then there's a yeah. guy who's a little stronger, and that makes sense. But like 
and that's the the power fantasy of this character. You're a bounty hunter, yeah, right? Exactly. You're not. You shouldn't be getting hit by a million little guys. So I feel like right. that's the same kind of thing you're talking about. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like when Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange and Iron Man roll up, I expect those guys to wreck shit. Wreck shit. Like you need to wreck their shit, and that's what it's supposed to be. Like you, you guys are the tough guys. You guys are the heroes, super powered. You know, mutants and magic users and technology people. I expect you to wreck shit, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to have happen, and I feel like easy is the way to go. I don't want to, like, struggle too much because the difficulty got a little bit silly in some parts, so I think easy is the way to go. I'm looking at the clock. I have a seven minutes before we need to go get Trita, so I want to make this really quick. Let's do it. Um, so I think that the combat is awesome. I love it, the d- dynamics. I love the teamwork. I love the combos and the powers. I love the card system. I think that's all really good, but there is um, some serious downside to this game. And what the downside is, is there is a ridiculous amount of cruft and garbage they put in between the missions. Um, so there's a lot of systems. There's a, a th- like literally like a thousand systems in this game. Most of that stuff doesn't need to be there. There's like multiple currents, in-game currencies, not oh, real currency, no. but in-game currencies. You've got to get like mushrooms. You've got to get plants and flowers to brew potions. And then you've got to get these special energy points if you want to upgrade your card and you got to get this regular money if you want to get your training uh, equipment upgraded and then you got to get these other things and it's like it's way too much like shit that you got to like manage which is not fun um there's a lot of stuff there's lots of systems that you need to upgrade stuff that you need to like um build up over time if you think back to XCOM, all that stuff was in your base and your base was basically one screen you have the 2d ant farm view where you're like engineering's over here and development's over here and autopsy over here and armory over here like it's all in one screen you just kind of click 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 click. you do your upkeep and you move on Ex- imagine that same thing but exploded into like an uh, like like a large world where you need to run to the forge to get some upgrades you need to run to the training area to get a training thing you got to run out into the wood like there's this giant woodsy area where you're picking up mushrooms and and fucking plants and flowers and shit i don't want to do that it's boring as fuck um, yeah. to do a lot of this stuff and it's really it feels kind of grindy and dumb and uh, it's hard to tell at first what's important and what's not. And so you're like, what, what do I need to spend time on? What I don't want to spend time on. I want to just get back to the combat because the combat is awesome. Um, so I don't like all of the thousand systems that are in there. Um, it's, it's, it's a really bad call. I feel like there's a lot of busy work that just really needs to not be there. I wish it was condensed down the way it is in XCOM. And the other part is that you do spend a lot of time on team mechanics and friendships, which is okay. Um, there's no romances because it's Marvel. You're never going to get Captain Marvel in bed. You're never going to get Doctor Strange in bed, which feels like, okay, whatever, why bother, I guess. But there is a friendship system, which does increase your power, which is good. But I kind of wish that they those were more in-depth. Like, I wish they had taken away the extra systems, like the mushroom collecting, which is stupid, and put more effort into the friendship system. So, for example, you can spar with somebody. You can be like, hey, Blade, let's go spar and let's build up our friendship. And rather than actually doing the sparring, which would have been pretty cool... It just goes to a screen where it's like, you guys sparred, yay. And then you get like plus two points. Like, I wanted to spar with Blade or, you know, I want to go, I want to do like a little mini side quest or something with somebody to make it feel like we're really doing something. I mean, you're basically just like giving them presents to up a meter. You're answering simple questions to up a meter. You're going to go to a quick screen to up a meter. But it doesn't feel like you're really spending time with them. And I wish that they had leaned into that more than just like all this other like all these like thousands of other systems. So like the downtime between missions, if you're maximizing is way too long. Like you go to, you wake up in the morning, you go to the training area, you do all that stuff. You go to the forge, you get all that stuff. You talk to everybody who needs to be talked to. Then you check your, uh, your spy machine, check that thing, check out your, Oh, your fake internet. There's a whole fake internet where there's messages. Check all your fake messages. It reminds me of that one game, various day life, right? Remember I was playing that. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah, was like yeah. all these systems you had to do before you actually went out and did something. Yeah, exactly. Like you check your internet, you check your private messages, you check the the shop, anything to do with the shop. Then people uh, like want you to give them stuff, so you got to get them stuff. There's also presents, check the next to the store. Oh, I don't want to play this. All this stuff. <laughs> and then you get to the battle, and you're like, oh, man, the battle's awesome. I love the fucking battle. This is great. This is cool. Kicking ass. It looks great. This is fun. And then nighttime, you have a nighttime routine where you got to go talk to your friends, hang out with your friends. Then you got to go out back in the woods because certain plants and mushrooms are only available at nighttime. There's like a day night cycle. So you got to go back in there, collect that shit. And if you, and, and at a certain point, dude, like real talk, I just kind of gave up on the extra stuff because I enjoy the combat. The combat is great. I think that's really fun and it's really compelling. Um, I do want to finish this game, but I'm just like, I don't care if I miss out on a few extra powers or I miss out on a costume or something because. I absolutely don't want to be collecting mushrooms. I absolutely don't want to spend so much time on these currencies. But God, you you kind of have to because if you want to level up your stuff, you got to have the heroic essence. You got to have the cash money. You got to have the spy intel. And it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. But like, I can't help but feel there is a, a more streamlined, more dynamic game in here waiting to happen. Yeah. They just, they leaned into the busy work way too much and didn't focus enough on compelling character action, compelling friendships, and just really focusing on the combat, which is really where it's at, dude. I wish if they could take all that shit, put it in a little ant farm, just like an XCOM, I would be totally happy with that. Right, which it sounds like what the developers are good at. Um, Midnight Suns, the the mushroom collecting game, our mushroom yeah. collecting to 2022. I think that um, I also heard just really quickly, I heard the the negative, another negative is that the dialogue is pretty bland and and just kind of weird oh, and yeah. generic. Oh, yeah, it's stupid. There's way too much talking. I skipped through all the talking because I don't give a shit about it. Which is crazy because dumb. how you yeah. started this review or preview or whatever is that, like, I liked, the, like you said, all this mythical uh, yeah. and mystical kind of thing. And so that you think there's a lot of stuff that's great for um, cutscenes for that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, all um, right. It's, the story is just it's way too much junk. It just feels really low-cal, low-value, um, which is a shame because I think they've really hit something cool on the combat. I really would like to see them iterate this combat. I want to see them build and expand on it. Um, I'm looking at the clock. I'm running out of time, actually. So let's put yep. a pin in this. I'm going to keep playing this game, and, and we'll come back to it. Um, we're going to talk about this more. But let me just say, love the combat. Don't like many of the supporting systems. And I feel like there's a lot of potential here. I'm going to keep going, and I'll see what happens. Um, but we'll circle back. And, and unfortunately, we do have to wrap up because... I need to take my family out for our treat today, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Okay. So really quickly, let's just pivot into closing and we'll pick it up next week. Um, quick shout out to Tim Van Ingen for retweeting. Thank you very much, Tim. Um, let's put a pin in the before we go stuff because we don't have time for, for it. All for, all mankind, for all mankind. For all mankind. Just check out For All Mankind on Apple what is TV. For All on Mankind. TV? Check that out. For yeah. all, okay. I'll save my stuff for next week. Apologies again for wrapping so quickly. But this is a hurried close to our show. As always, give us your questions and comments. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. We're on Instagram at SoVideoGamesPodcast. Um, I just got a new phone and I was blocked out of that account for a while. I just got back in so you can look forward to some updates there. Sorry about that. Also reach us individually. Carlos, where is your traffic going this week? Carlos Rodella on TikTok. All right. As for me, my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. On Twitter, on Instagram, and that's going to do it for episode three one three one four. Wrapping it up in a rush, I can hardly talk fast <laughs> enough. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast, and we'll, we'll see, see you next, next week. week. Yeah, we got we got to work on that. Okay. Right.